Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive. Quite frankly, I get most of my news from you. Joan Esposito. Y'all ready for this? On WCPT 820. Well, welcome to the show. I'm not Joan Esposito. I'm Hal Sparks, and I'm filling in for Joan as she's uh, taking uh, much-needed vacation days. Um, today and tomorrow, I'll be with you. Also, uh, just just as a heads up, um, my dear friend uh, Philip Itner, who has been reporting on my live stream and my Saturday show on WCBT from Ukraine, will I I'm hoping will be able to join us tomorrow during um, this fill in period as I fill in for Joan um, and perhaps introduce him to a whole new group of people. If you don't listen on Saturdays. Or uh, watch my live stream, which, and quite frankly, I don't know what's wrong with you. If you don't, at some point, it's a, it's online. It's I'm at infotainmentwars.com. You can watch or listen at your leisure anytime you want. Um, also, this show um, and uh, and tomorrow's show will uh, also have calls seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. And Lord knows. There's plenty of news to cover. I started going through today um, what I might uh, talk about as we're filling in, and it is we are drinking from a news fire hose right now. Now, if we point of order, Mr. Chairman, if I may, uh, I would like to start with the most sublime and the most ridiculous story, which is the the story of the newly elected GOP Congressman George Santos, a.k.a. George Devolver Santos. Um, I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, and uh, sorry, Devolder, George Devolder Santos, <clears throat> which, um, interestingly enough, this gentleman used to go by George Devolder. Then he went by a hyphenated version of his name, G- Devolder Santos. Now he just goes by Santos uh, as he moved towards uh, running as a Republican. Um, he started um accenting elements of his background, much of which it turns out isn't true. Um, I think the funniest one, and if you're on social media at all right now, you're obviously spotting, you're seeing that Jewish with a dash in the middle of it is trending on Twitter because of the newly elected GOP congressman, who in many ways exemplifies the modern Republican Party. Uh, everything that he said he had accomplished in his life was either a total fabrication or a massive exaggeration. And his ethics and morals that he was touting as higher than his opponent are absolutely cartoonishly the opposite of his actual behavior. So um, the I think it's hard to find the funniest part of all this. I mean, we are finding out um, on the on the first point that he was funded by a Russian oligarch, shocking, who was throwing money into his campaign earlier in the, early this year, previous to uh, pri- uh, the primary season. And uh, when he was saying things like Ukraine is a totalitarian regime and is not a democracy. And, and uh, then once he made it through the primary, that money dried up. So he started you know, saying that he had relatives that had grown up in Ukraine and now he kind of supports it. We'll see how he intends to vote if he ever gets a chance to, because it's looking increasingly like um, he will get sworn in and then asked to resign. The uh, one of the one of the craziest ones, again, goes to that whole idea of he was he was kind of joking when he said he was Jewish. 
he he said to, on multiple interviews in the last couple of you know last week or so as this story has unfolded that he is Catholic, but because his mother's side had some uh, um, Jewish people in the background, that that made him Jew-ish. He's making that that ish joke. It's it's a hack bit. It's been around for a long time, but you know when it's a when it's an aside between people, as uh, one thing. When it's your part of your credentials for why you should be elected, including, by the way, um, that and since, by the way, he has backed away from that and, and said it's just a joke, even though he's apparently um, he he proclaimed himself, quote, a proud American Jew, which is a little different than the whole slightly Jew like Jewish kind of phraseology that he tilted towards as he got caught. Interestingly enough, in in touting that, um, he uh, apparently does not have Jewish grandparents, um, according to genealogy websites. Um, he says they flew anti-Jewish. Sorry, his, he says he had Jewish grandparents who fled anti-Jewish persecution in Ukraine and then Belgium during World War II. That isn't true. His maternal grandparents were both born in Brazil. Well before the Nazis rose to power, they were living there. Santos' mother, Fatima Alzira Caruso Horta de Volder, who died in 2016, regular that's a lot, shared posts with Catholic themes and images of Jesus on her Facebook page because she was a Brazilian Catholic. And that's, you know, okay. Now, on top of that, not only did, it, did he say he was, uh, um, that he was Jewish and it was just kind of a cute aside, he, he's said that multiple times, because of his Jewish heritage, he traveled to Israel, quote, he claimed to have been to Israel numerous times for educational, business, and leisurely trips. But reviews of his records show that uh, no such trips. Nope, just didn't go. Not, not Jewish enough to even take a trip to Israel. Not that you have to be uh, Jewish to go to Israel. It's a lovely place, uh, you know. It's, it's been on my list of travel destinations for a very long time, and I'm not Jewish. Everybody should be able to visit the place, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, for the record, I know that, you know, the, to, like, fly to Israel, there's, you know, the security is very tight. But at no point do you have to pretend to be Jewish. I'm just saying for the record. That's not part of the, the their version of TSA. It's just not happening. And, by the way, it, it isn't simply that he is claiming a, you know, this heritage. Um, he has also lied about where he went to school, what uh, diplomas he's gotten. He was, <laughs> interestingly enough, one of the reasons why he was using, and again, this guy in many ways, I think, is the perfect Republican. Completely full of beans and uh, producing exactly the kind of... <clears throat> um, what would be a product from the consumption of a lot of beans uh, in terms of his both political rhetoric and his ideology. Um, he had a cash handler from one of no, uh, Russia's most notorious oligarchs um, providing him money early on in the, in, in the uh, primary season. And interestingly enough, one of the reasons why it seems that he changed his name and started shifting his name away from uh, Devolder to Devolder Santos to just Santos is that for 
um, and this is according to Mother Jones, for much of his professional career, which included a stint as a regional director at an alleged Ponzi scheme, the Republican used the name George DeVolder. However, as he ventured further into the world of politics, he began to increasingly use the name George DeVolder Santos, or simply George Santos. He's basically using a soft, I guess, uh, which one's the golden idol, which one's the bag of sand is up to you. But that transfer happened basically to cover his backside as he as he tried to run for office successfully, by the way. Um, And of course, the response that uh, the Republicans are using across the board is that, uh, well, Elizabeth Warren um, allegedly exaggerated her Native American heritage and therefore all bets are off. Now, I I will say that um, for all the the awful racist uh, Pocahontas nonsense coming from Trump about Elizabeth Warren. At no point did she make up a diploma. And at no point did Elizabeth Warren change her name to hide the fact that she had been involved in a Ponzi scheme. It's kind of, you know, as I wouldn't say that all things being equal in the circumstance is quite uh, what's happening. This is a, uh, and, and, you know, and this is continuing to unfold, by the way, um, and and will play out in many ways uh, insofar as, you know, I think Kevin McCarthy is counting on him as one of his votes. And so the idea that he'll be able to vote for speaker and then maybe step down quietly and and get some favors from the Republican Party going forward will be amazing to watch. There, I've said this many times on my live stream, infotainmentwars.com. We don't have the documents. We don't need them. We've memorized everything. Um, it's uh, my YouTube page. Please subscribe. It helps us out. We're trying to hit 50K of actual human beings. Unlike, uh, say, Elon Musk's Twitter following, which is 70% bots. Yeah, 70%. That's uh, Talk about keeping it real. So, um this, this will continue to unfold, this little slice of it. And I've said a couple of times that the, ten, like the, the tenuous control over the House of Representatives that the Republicans are enjoying right now will collapse within four months because either uh, Santos will face a recall in his district because that's just awful and, uh, and or will step down and there'll be a, they'll have to do a special election for a new uh, representative and Zimmerman will have another shot at taking back his district and going, I told you so. Um, or, um, you know, he'll just get in legal trouble for this because the, of the campaign finance aspects of where his money came from and how much he was paying into his own account for, and where that money that he paid into his own campaign came from, um, which is another like that is the actual unraveling. All the silliness about you know names he called himself and diplomas he gave himself, you know, uh, can be sidelined in in the history of you know of U.S. politics fairly easily. But the campaign finance issues that he is possibly facing are serious charges, and therefore would probably lead to him stepping down and a new election. Which, since there's a hair's breadth control in the House. There's three or four Republicans that are having either um, problems at home or or legal issues that they're going to be facing, which very well could give control of the House back to the Democrats by the spring, which would be hilarious and, of course, drive some of the uh, 
the, the folks on the right loony, yeah, um, <laughs> loony I suppose. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. I'm Hal Sparks. I'm filling in for Joan Esposito. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. I will also, for those worried, continue my live stream after the show is over, as I do at my normal time um, uh, at infotainmentwars.com or at twitch.tv slash Hal Sparks, where you can subscribe and help me stay on the air. Um, or become a Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash Hal Sparks. It's just my name. So easy to find. Thanks so much. We'll be back right after this. Tonight on Democracy Now! Just days after the Taliban bans women from attending university, prompting protests of women chanting either everyone or no one, Afghanistan's Taliban government has issued an order barring women from working for non-governmental organizations. As a result, many of those groups have now pulled out. All those stories and more tonight at 11 on WCPT 820. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive. Every weekday afternoon from 2 to 5 p.m. on WCPT 820. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining me. I'm Hal Sparks filling in for Joan. Uh, she's got the day off today and tomorrow, so you'll, you'll get to listen to my dulcet tones. And also, I'm live streaming, as I always do, at Infotainment Wars dot com my youtube channel uh give it give it a thumbs up give it a give it a like help us out as we grow organically i'm i'm not gonna say the support independent media thing it drives me crazy i those are my two pet peeves in the world is people at professional stand-up shows saying thanks for supporting live comedy as if it's not a service for god's sake and 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 people who go support independent media when like we're all alone in this world, aren't we? Okay. There now. Um, speaking of being kind of alone in this world, uh, that isn't true of travelers in airports right now. Holy smokes! <laughs> the, the number of like stranded travelers um, coming home from the holidays is um, well. I, I it's curious to me that in a wintry uh, how do we how do we put this in in a uh, in a precipitation issue that happens mostly in the Northeast and is hitting the Northeast very bad, it is a, a little-known airline called Southwest that is um, the villain this time around in that probably the worst response from an airline ever. Um, the the airline itself uh, sent, uh, apparently saw a, a spike in, in either people calling in sick or actually being sick. Again, calling in sick. Uh, maybe you're fudging it just to have an extra day with the family or whatever, uh, whatever. But if you're actually sick, don't get in a metal tube with other people, I would say. So that's fine. If you're actually sick, please stay home. As a matter of fact, airlines, more than almost any any other like industry, because you're hermetically sealed into a tube with a bunch of other people, should probably have the have more relaxed standards on calling in sick and more backup. But that's just me saying that. Um, and obviously, uh, places like Buffalo are being hit very heavily. Um, and as we heard at the top of the hour in the news, you have a the the sheriff in Buffalo saying if if you have a Honda Civic, you're not going to be able to drive through three and a half feet of snow. Stop it. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> The, look out! Look out your window and recognize that this is Mother Nature. It's a reality, and this is likened to in where I am right now in Las Vegas. The uh, you know we get surprisingly enough 
um, heavy rains. We have a monsoon season here um, that w- that ebbed for a while, but is flowing again. And oddly enough, because the ground is so sandy, it does not absorb the the water, so it pools under bridges and the like, and makes these giant ponds, which will stop a car and drown the people in it. So they have to put up signs all over the place reminding everyone, um, don't try to drive through the water, you're not going to make it. So I would say to everyone, listen to the, the weather warnings around you and take them very seriously. You know, have have a sense of sort of stoic focus in this and go, all right, what do I have? What don't I have? Where can I go? Where can I not go? And kind of stick to those narrow confines for the time being for your own safety and the safety of others. Because one of the other issues, of course, is that a stuck car in the road blocks all other traffic, including emergency response vehicles. That said, the um, U.S. energy system, which, by the way, is going is set to get its biggest upgrade, I think, in 25 years, thanks to the infrastructure bill that the Biden administration passed, is being tested rather harshly um, currently um, across the nation because of, you know, it was already on its last legs. And had this funding not passed, had the infrastructure bill not gone through, and had the, the updates not been scheduled for the coming year, as bad as it is right now, the damage that's being done currently and the wear and tear that's on this system that's been building over time as we've kind of ignored it for far too long would be even worse next year. You have compounded damage from this kind of thing. So, again, uh, adding to the Biden stack of wins is the fact that next year we have we can look forward to a refurbished and renewed electrical grid and natural gas pipelines and the like that can withstand this kind of weather, um, which is not going to stop anytime soon because <clears throat> we keep messing with the atmosphere. That said, um, uh, there has this the the deep freeze will continue and a lot of people are stuck in airports and the like. So um, I, I would suggest of avoiding those areas. <laughs> if you're, if you're driving in and around a, uh, a, an airport, you live down near O'Hare or Midway. Uh, I'd give it a wide berth for a couple of days <clears throat> just because the number of vehicles driving people to and from local hotels will be, um, gacking up the roads. Now this is obviously the infrastructure bill and the, the, reinforcement of our electrical grid and the like um, is, is a huge part of the, you know, the Biden team's advancements since they took office, that, that Biden made that a priority. This, this was these are these are bread and butter, kitchen table issues, roads, bridges, uh, telephone lines, electrical cables, all that kind of stuff. This should be kind of your baseline um understand like what government is meant to do. The stuff that is too big for individuals or private investment to do themselves is the very work of government. And in a big, important country like the United States, you want your government focused on making sure that this system is resilient as possible because you can have all the nukes you'll never use all you want and think that makes you a strong country. But ultimately, if all it takes are a couple of attacks on your 
um, grid or a bad snowstorm, um, then how truly secure are you? That, you know, nature, human beings may pick fights, may declare wars, may invade countries, may engage in terrorism and the like um, in, you know, in, in periods of strife and, and through the ebb and flow of politics over, across the globe forever. But nature is relentless. And be it droughts and fires, as you see in the southwest, or uh, blanketed snow in the northeast and throughout the Midwest, or tornadoes or hurricanes and the like, the idea that Republicans are, you know, oddly enough, and, you know, the Rand Pauls of the world are especially to blame in, in, in regard to this, they have some idea that nature's just something that happens to a country and you just kind of shrug it off. You don't try to help. You don't try to respond to it. Why would you? Um, it's that's it's God's will until it's, of course, Florida. And in which case every Republican down there lines up at the federal trough. But when it's New Jersey or it's something that happens in the Midwest, the very flyover states that the Republicans tout that they care about and no one else does or the Democrats don't care about. Ultimately, if you're looking to the voting records of who denies support for, say, the tornado lanes in the United States, it's going to be Republicans. That said, um, as we, you know, as we go through the rest of this winter and into the spring, and then every time we turn around, there's going to be a another. It's it's hurricane season. It's tornado season. It's uh, you know that, and then the surprise elements: flooding, surprise snowstorms. Uh, you know, we had, I believe, in in Lake Tahoe, they had four to five feet of snow, which is great for the aquifers in California, Nevada, and Arizona. But it's certainly difficult at the time um, and will cause damage, collapse roofs, knocked over power lines and all that stuff. That is something that should be, in theory, bipartisan and completely understood as, a, as a, an important function of government more than any other thing. And yet, um, if, if you look to Republican priorities, I would like to remind everyone that there is nothing in the infrastructure bill that could not have passed during the Trump administration. There were the votes for it. Trump certainly had had plenty of practice signing his weird EKG-looking signature on everything, his odd, spiky, shaky signature that he was very proud of and he would hold up like a kid who'd made a, a, you know, a clay ornament for Christmas or a drawing of a turkey using his hand. Um, he could have done it. There, there would have been bipartisan votes, Republican and Democrat. It would have passed quite easily. And yet, he never proposed it and never got one to the floor, even when they had total control. Now, now there's only two reasons why that would be. The primary one would be that he either didn't want to share successes with Democrats, that bipartisanship was dead in the Trump era and could not be allowed because a certain section of, of the maggot base cannot be seen making deals with Democrats. You can make a deal with Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin, but you can't be seen making a deal with your fellow Americans. Or, quite frankly, um, that he just didn't want to. That there was something in it 
for him letting that part of the American system collapse. I can't imagine after his meetings with Vladimir Putin with no notes taken and uh, complete secrecy what that might be, but we'll see. we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. I'm Hal Sparks. I'm filling in for Joan Esposito on the Joan Esposito Show on WCPT Radio. WCPT820.com is the website. We'll be back right after this. This is Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. Welcome back to the show. I'm Hal Sparks. I'm filling in for Joan, and I couldn't be happier to do it. And I I have to say, I think, if I'm not mistaken, we have uh, some callers on the line. 773-763-9278 is our number at WCPT. And is, is it our Ike from South Carolina that's on the Ike? That's with us. You're right, Callan, man. How the hell are you? There you are, sir. It is so good to hear your voice. I'm glad you're well, young man. It has been it has been far too long. And I have to say there are moments um, over the course of the months during this, uh, the current unpleasantness we've all been through where I'm I've literally stopped and went. I wonder how Ike is doing. How you doing, brother? Hey brother, I'm hanging in there by my by my chinny chin chin. You know how it goes. Just like right. everybody else, you know. One yep. foot in front of the other, one day after the other. Uh just mm-hmm. waiting for the Department of Justice to get off of their thumbs and uh you know, let's get mm-hmm. this party started. Uh of course then again, I don't know, I probably shouldn't hold my breath. Hey, by the way, you did see where Texas asked for emergency uh emergency approval to be yes. able to draw power from other states, didn't you? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, a, it's so funny. They don't want to be a part of the, the energy grid in the rest of the United States until they actually need it, which I don't know why that's the standard. It's like, I, I only want to steal food off your plate when I'm hungry. I only want to uh, pick your pocket um, when I need some, you know, some change for the meter. It's really weird. Yeah. Texas just, you know, but they're bootstrappers. I, we, we can't, that's we can't understand what it's like to be that resilient and tough. Yeah, they're bootstrappers until they get their butts in a tight, and then they got to come running to you know the rest of it. That's right. To bail them out, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, even Elon Musk, uh, you know, he he moved into Texas and he found out. Guess what? I guess I better start putting in my battery packs mm-hmm. to try to prop up this grid. Otherwise, I can't run the little production facility I put in down there. That's right. That's right. And and the irony is that he could have gotten all the points for being, you know, kind of his right wing cred points if he'd have moved it to Arizona or New Mexico, where they do have the tech infrastructure because of all the chip factories. The Biden administration is helping get built there. Um, but he didn't. He just he did it based on sort of the meme of Texas. And that's part of his tech problem right now. That's why Tesla's taking a dump right now, because He's undermined the mythology of his uh, of his alleged genius because he basically follows um, this the, the kind of mythological tech trends, and we've had other people do that in history, and it never bodes well, um, especially well, when they rely on other companies to do their R and D. Um, but uh, anyways, go ahead. I'm just glad you're here. So yeah, go ahead. Hey, brother. Uh, yeah, I've been I've, I've been staying I've been staying in touch on my end uh, as far as, you know, catching your other shows and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I see the hair growing long. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're going to do. You're going to braid that or what are you going to do with it? But uh, I mean, I'm going I'm going for total like Thor braids. Yeah. At some point. 
I've been, I've been following along, but here's a dirty little secret Tesla doesn't want to deal with. You know, the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is there's this little Chinese car company called BYD. Beyond your dreams, my man. They've been building electric vehicles for years. And they've got a product that had put Tesla, it stomped Tesla's butt if they ever let them into the American market. The only reason they're not in this American market is, guess who? Joe Biden. He's protecting our American market, and he's trying to give these people a chance, whether it's GM, Ford, and the rest of them. As always, you know, supposedly Mm -hmm. we're the best and the brightest and the greatest. Well, guess what? You know, they've got to get Ford and GM up to speed. Otherwise, BYD will come in here and take the, take the entire market over. Uh, you know, there is uh, there are two. And somebody, you know, you know me, I've traveled to China quite a bit. And um, there are two issues with uh, with the Chinese uh, electric car markets, uh, not the least of which is one. One of the reasons why the European market and the American market aren't allowing them in isn't simply just protectionism for our automakers, but because of all the tracking software that's in them and we don't trust them because they tend to put a lot of that, like um, basically spyware in their electronics. The same reason we punted Huawei. The other one, of course, too, is that as much as Tesla's battery fires have been a problem, the same batteries are in the BYD ones and they just don't bother to report them in China. They just burn up and people walk away or don't walk away. I suppose. Yeah. Hang on a second. Just so you know, no, they're going to blade batteries. They're going to solid state. That's what they're starting to put in. They are eventually, but they haven't gotten there yet. Everybody is. The new one, the new one, the new one coming is the, uh, the, the salt batteries, the, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, sodium, uh, the, the sodium batteries that don't catch fire at all. But yeah, no, I, I, but that's just another example too, where in a way, uh, Tesla is behind the curve. He, he bet everything mm-hmm. he could on that new lithium. And the fact of the matter is that lithium is old technology. The new stuff coming is going to be even better. But, hey, listen, before we right. get off in the week too much further, because it's been a sure. long time, uh, you know, yeah, everything's copacetic. I've been following you along. But, you know, there's something I've gotten to a point with. With all the podcasts and with all the stuff going on uh, and the yeah. millions of voices that are out there, you know, it's kind of like putting a million monkeys in a room with a million typewriters. You know, eventually, <laughs> I don't know that I can bring anything new to the table, my man. I, whatever I've got to say, somebody <laughs> else has already thought of, and they're going to say it. You know, it's going to get st- said ten times over. So I've kind of gone a little bit mute. But for you, uh, that and you're hard to get a hold of because you're so damn popular. Yeah, hunk. Uh, but you, listen, give, give my be, give my best to the whole crew, Stephanie, and all the rest of them. And yeah, I'm still I will. On the and uh, I, I will live to fight another day. How about that? Excellent. I'm glad to hear your voice, Ike. It really is. It, it's it, it's a reassuring moment in my life, and I'm glad you're 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 hanging out and you're and you're doing your thing. And I do think, by the way, for the record, that your take on a lot of things. You know, we you know we had a couple of times where I you know I would just let you uh, take your rant and run. And a lot of us, you know, eventually get back, on, you know, we are on the same page about a bunch of these things. And there's so many moving parts. There's so many stories that, you know, that those those infinite number of monkeys would have to type um, an infinite number of works by an infinite number of authors. There's so much, you know, noise out there in, in some way. So the, the hard part is keeping people just reflective, I think, on on real life. And I think, brother, that's one of the things that. 
you know, I felt like you always brought when you would call into the show is, you know, how people are feeling on the ground and in their real experience of the day to day. You know what I mean? That's got value, right. even if it's not the the you know the the TikTok of the DOJ or whether or not they're on some the right schedule. After all, ultimately that that matters less than how people are responding to it because we're all you know the whole point is that we all get through this and end up better on the other side as best we can. And whatever path leads us there is you know is a is a day to day struggle to find the right you know, stone to step on crossing the river. And, and so, I, you know, I just, I wanted to say, I appreciate your voice when you have it. And you might, you might feel you're saying the same thing as other people, but you're saying it in your way. And that might be right for someone's ears that may not hear it someplace else. So that's why I think there's so much value in so many voices and yours in particular. So there I've, that's all I'm going to say, you know, I, I'm not going to chastise you for thinking less of yourself. I appreciate it, Howard. I'll boost hey, you. Listen, my, my wish for the new year, the DOJ better yeah. wake up because if they're worried about the right wing marching, don't 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 keep screwing around and make us lefties get out there. We'll show you how we get it. Right. I I have my own theories about uh, about them, and I think they're I think the process is wind down and grind down the maggots so they don't feel like fighting when Trump finally goes down, and that seems like where we're headed because they've all headed for the exit. He went from sixty five thousand person crowds to. 30 to 5 to 2, and now he's doing these dinner parties at Mar-a-Lago and basically not leaving the place, that's when you can finally charge him with something and there just won't be uh, that many people who are willing to put their lives and their security and their futures on the line for this grifter anymore. And you have to do that because you you might, you you know, these people, you know, some of these people look at January 6th, some of these people might have taken some people with them on their way out. And and those lives are worth more than our satisfaction of him being arrested 30 days earlier than he should be. That's always been my feeling about it. However long it takes, it takes. And he's miserable in the interim, by the way. He's scared to death and freaking out. As a matter of fact, after the break, because you've uh, brought this up, after the next break, I'm going to read something from his Truth Social current flip out that he's just screaming into a, a paper bag over there now. Like, it's not going anywhere. Nothing he says has any material value like it used to. He used to be able to tweet something, and his followers would attack other people online. He, would, he could set these people loose. None of them are doing any of that now. Hey, yeah. Al, I hate to tell you this, yeah. but the Epstein Johns that got away with it are still out there running around. The Department of Justice hasn't done a damn thing, so don't don't preach to me about how good the Department of Justice is because I don't believe them no, no more. Okay, well, I believe me. I like the uh, the Epstein package is an entirely uh, separate can of worms, and I agree. We, exactly. That that can be uh, yeah. Johns, they ain't done nothing about well, it. They got all the they got all the evidence, and they haven't arrested a damn one of them. We, well, except for the main dude who, interestingly enough, met, never made it to trial. Curious, and Giselle, curious that, and isn't it? Put in a yeah. box like they did to Noriega and the guy who killed or the <laughs> or the the DC. Well, I uh, hopefully she makes it further down the line than say the DC madam did, as far as being able to tell some tales. Um, but you're you're absolutely right. Um, the interesting thing about the Epstein thing is that he definitely. 
figured out the system on how to give himself cover by, you know, mixing and mingling in power structures where some of the people were definitely the Epstein Johns, like you would call them, who were engaged in this kind of stuff, and some weren't. And so this mix is what I think keeps the DOJ and others at bay, not necessarily that they're afraid to go after the the people who are contributing and, and were part of his whole endeavor and were these grotesque monsters, but the other people who are, you know, he used as camouflage. Um, and, and he and, he and Ghislaine both talked about this openly. It's the, you know, it's honestly, it's the same thing John Wayne Gacy did. You know, Gacy would pal around and, and Ted Bundy, Ted Bundy would pal around with political heavy hitters at certain times and it kept, it stiff armed them taking too deep a look into them at a time. And it's, it's been a system that's been around for a long time and we gotta not be afraid of that. And we've also gotta put it in a situation where people who go, yeah, I knew that guy from these parties and these things and whatever. But once I found out this, I never set foot in a room with him again, nor should anybody. Um, and from this point on, everybody should be able to come out and say, that person's hinky. I'm, not, I'm never going near him again and not face any negative political consequences for it. They got um, all the audio. Because, they got all yeah. the video. They got all the written records. They, they raided those places. They got every bit of that stuff. And they know who these people are. They've got all the evidence. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse why. I don't care if it's Bill Clinton. They can't go. Yes. Or Dershowitz or agree. the rest of them. They all should have been arrested and they still should be arrested. I agree. I, I like I not, I don't think anybody and I, you know, spe- especially in my circles that anybody, imp- you know, implemented, you know, there that, that was engaged in that endeavor at all with him. You're done. I have no interest. I don't care if I used to think your politics were cool or that you did something right. At a certain point, that's a line. Yeah, that's a line. No, like we shall not cross. That's it. That's the line. I don't care what you pretended to be about, what your values were. Well, same way with Wall Street. DOJ, you know what? DOJ's a joke. (laughs) The only DOJ that's good for arresting people like me and you and the the have-nots. The the people that have, they're still out there doing the exact same things they've been doing. And and Epstein absolutely proves it because they've got all the hard evidence. They raided every one of those places. He had recorded. Well, of whatever's left, too. That's the other thing, too, is. Did, did, you know, uh, you know, previous to the raids, what was actually there? What did they cleared out? What did they, you know, and we may never know. Hopefully we will at some point. But if you look at something like Sam Bankman Freed, the, the guy who headed FTX, which was this ginormous crypto Ponzi thing that ripped off everyone, um, that guy's going to jail. I, and again, it's a tipping point. Um, and, and hopefully going forward, you know, we're, we're establishing that there are they're what, sorry? You know, they go ripping off rich people, they come and get you, you know? <laughs> right, well, well, the Bitcoin stuff yeah. was every was was millions of small Bitcoin suckers, period. So beyond the, there were definitely big institutional investors, but because of Coinbase, you had a lot of, like, it was kind of like Robinhood or those apps where you could trade in Bitcoin. He was leveraging small Bitcoin investors' investments on much larger things. So even though, yes, there are big investors that were involved in this and it's part of what drew the attention, it was the mass of, of regular Bitcoin idiots because I think it's garbage. I mean, don't get me started on crypto. But that's what that's where most of the money engaged in that 
fraud came from. And and so well, and again, he's there's there's that story is continuing to unfold as well. So hopefully, again, it does matter who's in there. It does matter who runs things. And and I, uh, you know, I think maybe Merrick Garland would have made a better uh, SCOTUS than a DOJ head. And it seems like a revenge seating against Trump to put him in that position. Um, and I think most of us uh, like the idea of Glenn Kirshner being in there. <laughs> but in the interim, I do think that pacing yourself on getting these huge people, because you only get one shot, you only get one chance to swing at them. And if you don't, if you miss, they get their their scot-free. And those people have the resources to fight this stuff. So it can be painstaking, but that's true when you go after any you know, uh, rich defendant, period. I mean, look how long OJ took. You know, it, it, like wealth and fame makes it harder to catch anybody. And these guys know it. Uh, we got to we're, we're over the break because I wanted to talk to you. I, I appreciate you calling in, brother. And I and you, we are absolutely on the same page as far as getting these dudes. Um, you're absolutely right. And take care of yourself. And, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah. Be well. OK, we'll be back right after this. I'm Hal Sparks. I'm filling in for Joan Esposito, and uh, I'll be right back. Uh, InfotainmentWars.com. This is WCPT. Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820. This is Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. Welcome back to the show. I'm Hal Sparks, filling in for Joan today. And uh, one of the pieces of news that's happening as we speak, is is Tesla. Um, th- first of all, let's be abundantly clear. The Tesla stock is overvalued currently, even as it has crashed. There is nothing in Tesla stock that points to a valuation, a genuine valuation of over $200 a share for what it contributes and what it's going to develop as a car company over time. Look at the stocks of of all the other car companies that produce lots of vehicles ha- are all over the world are constantly innovating and constantly growing their market share and yada yada and none of them have anywhere close to that uh Tesla itself as a company one of the primary ways um um one of the primary ways that Tesla makes its money is carbon credits because it makes electric cars, it can sell its carbon credits to big polluters, uh, you know, for big money. <clears throat> and that in, in some, in some periods has actually been the majority of its profits. Right now you've got, uh, them lowering the cost of their cars. They dump, they, even though, you know, early on Musk said no rebates, no you know, no cutting the cost of the car, no advertising, none of that stuff. They have dropped the the cost of the car $7,500 stacked on top of, by the way, the government subsidy you get for getting an EV. So he gets that kickback as well. Again, there is no Tesla without a giant U.S. government. There isn't. It doesn't exist. Without the Obama administration specifically, Tesla never would have gotten, you know, anywhere near even being a a viable car company. It was putt-putting along making, you know, using, you know, a, a, 
a, a roadster frame from Lotus and putting an electric engine in it initially. He didn't invent the Tesla engine. He didn't, from an engineering standpoint, come up with any of it. Uh, there were other engineers and people who had started the company. And yet, um, right now, the stock is, you know, at, at last we looked, <coughs> excuse me, is I think $110 a share. Um, it has lost two-thirds of its value this year, partly because... Elon Musk himself has, let's see, yeah, there is $111 a share. Um, it has gone down from 100 It's lost 8 bucks in the last couple of hours, few hours. Um, it's 52-week range. A year ago, it was worth $400 a share. Um, the day range today is 110 to 119. Um, it was, it became a meme stock during covid and it, I think, believed its own hype. I think Elon Musk and everybody around it believed its hype. I know Kathy Wood did. I know she's all in on, on Tesla as a company. But in reality, what is it that Tesla is bringing to the table? Genuinely, that other companies aren't working on equally or aren't pushing for. The only thing that Tesla has been pushing for over everyone else is automatic driving, is auto driving. <clears throat> and that's ridiculous. The you know this the if you'll recall in I believe it was in 2017 when um when Elon Musk said within two years it might have even been before it might have been 2015 and it was by 2017 um, the Tesla cars would all have auto drive and that at night. When you were sleeping, your car would roam the countryside picking up passengers and taking them places and making you $30,000 a year. That never happened. And every company that is involved in these things is dialing back their auto drive features, largely because one of the reasons Americans drive cars is because they want to drive a car. It's if they want to auto drive, they'll get in a train if it's available. And that's, it's this weird thing of like, well, if we can't have a bullet train or we can't have regular trains everywhere, maybe my car will act like a train and I can just stay on my phone the whole time. There, there simply is currently no market for it. Um, and even the, like the self-correcting aspects of a car where if, if it feels like you're drifting too close to the center line or something it over the correct some some rental cars will do that you can feel it move the wheel is so spooky just with that minor adjustment that that it scares most people off the idea of having one in the first place it will be a long time if ever where auto drive itself will be the one of the primary reasons why anyone buys a car so the idea that that's where they chose to innovate in and of itself is, again, looking into the future and choosing the wrong brass ring to chase or reach for. None of this. And, and again, as Ike was bringing up, a lot of them, you know, we're switching to solid state batteries or salt batteries or eventually we'll get to the um, the carbon 14 nuclear diamond batteries uh, with the synthesized diamonds and and carbon fourteen that's made anytime you run a coal fire, you know, a coal plant. That 
you, you wrap that that carbon 14 in a diamond casing, it's practically indestructible and it produces energy forever. If they can ratchet it up to the point where it can produce enough where you can lay these things in cells next to each other, then you never charge your vehicle. It, it, they would last, the, the, the last I looked, the projection was 26,000 years. These batteries produce energy. Now, right now, they're very small, but that means they'll start showing up very soon. They're already, they, this is the first year they were commercially viable that a, a, a nuclear diamond battery can start showing up in small, super small electronics, the kind of stuff we take for granted, like, you know, Apple AirTags and, and small toys and the like, which means the toy never, can you imagine after just going through Christmas, imagine a Christmas where batteries not included is is an old movie with Hume Cronin and not an actual thing you have to deal with. Um, so this is, we are moving into, and, and never mind the possibility of the, you know, the advances in nuclear fusion that just happened. And now it's a matter of just building on the discovery that was made a couple of weeks ago in nuclear fusion, fusion here in the United States, that, that gets to a point where you no longer need to pull resources from the ground. You no longer have to suck oil out of the ground or dig up coal to produce energy. And there is no, there is no waste produced in the environment. We may not be there fully yet, but that's where we're headed. And the, and the exponential growth in these, in these technologies is going to make the world of the, in the next decade uh, in our experience, unide- you know, nearly in- unidentifiable. Like you, it, it is as it will be as strange a world as it would it would be to give a an Apple iPhone 14 Pro Max to someone who was alive during the Civil War and explaining them to, it to them. So the idea that we we got to take a break, but the the idea that somehow we're going to be stuck. Powering energy, you know, powering engines with gas and coal and all that, even a decade from now, is an absurdity. And the quicker we get there, the healthier it'll be for all of us. We'll be back right after this, after the news. I'm Hal Sparks. I'm filling in for Joan Esposito. We'll see you in a few minutes. Hey, where's Hal Sparks? I'm not sure where he is now, but I know where you can find him Saturdays at 11. He'll be right here on WCPT 820 for the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Take it away, huh? Yeah, take it away, man. It's going to be a bumpy ride. And now, now, live from Chicago, filming in for Joan Esposito. Please, Netflix, let me play Rudy Giuliani in a big, kind of bloviated, chainy suit like the one that Christian Bale wore. Actor, comedian, and multimedia personality, Hal Sparks. You can see the roots of the paranoia that Trump has in what he uses to attack everyone else, and why he thinks everybody's a crook, because I'm a crook, and the only difference between me and them is I don't use email, so their emails must be just full of criminality. Hal Sparks. Live, local, and progressive. It's true. I'm here. I'm filling in for Joan Esposito, and I appreciate the the the, the honor uh, of of being able to fill in for her. Uh, she'll be back um, later uh, this week, and then, of course, I think, if I'm not mistaken, hold on, let me let me check. Uh, 
what the word on the street. Uh, yeah, Eric Zorn is going to be filling in on Thursday, and Turi Ryder will be filling in on Friday. Cause she's taking, you know, because Joan gets a week off. The rest of us, just they're just cracking the whip at CPT. We're, we're all Southwest employees now. I'm kidding. So, uh, yeah, and then um, Patty Vasquez will be on after the show today on WCPT doing drive time. Good times all around. Now, um, we've got some calls on the line, I think, if they're still with us. can we? Uh, I think Bob is on the line, and then, yeah. Bob, you there? Okay. Yes. Uh, if you would uh, get me uh, Dr. Sparks' roommate one evening. Yes, uh, you're speaking to the doctor. The doctor is in, um, also known as Dr. Detroit, uh, sans uh, magic grip uh, <laughs> nightglove. Anyways, go ahead. You know, hey, while I was thinking of it, uh, due to my great-grandmother, I'm uh, part Norwegian. Oh, nice. So, uh, That's great. Yeah. So... So, uh, well, uh, um, just saying, uh, that's, that's part of grace in Norwegian. You're welcome. I just threw that in. I only did half of it because it's only half your family. The only, the only Norwegian I know is pasta the zoo. So that's, you know, but that's no way. Well, you do and you'll clean it up. I have before. So that's, uh, nothing <laughs> I believe new. you. Um, <laughs> I wonder if you will do me a little favor. Sure. And uh, when you are talking to uh, Dr. Philip from Ukraine, Mm -hmm. uh, you might tell him that um, the uh, Ukrainian flag is still flapping defiantly here in the northwest corner of LaPorte County, Indiana. Excellent. And, uh, across the line in Porter County in Valparaiso, mm-hmm. around my sis- sister's house, she says there are at least three of them flapping the flag. Great. So, uh, therefore, so fans of democracy they, abound. They they haven't given up an inch of territory in Northwest Indiana. Okay. Good. That's a uh, that's a relief considering where you know the the leanings of Southern Indiana at times. Um, yeah. So we'll we shall see. Right. Um, I will I will convey that message uh, to uh, Professor Philip. And I thank you kindly. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Um, let's uh, um, and take care of yourself and drive safe uh, because I think there's uh, relatively profound amount of snow where he is right now and uh let's see i think steve from the gold coast is with us see you around yes hello how hey steve how are you fine how about yourself i'm spectacular but i'll get better you know i'm just waiting for my mom to get home and she's uh, she's caught in the travel nightmare right now so i'm oh, i'm well, yeah. while i'm doing the show i'm getting constant updates on on her you know on the state of her standby flights yeah, as an aside, if you're at an airport and your flight gets canceled, don't bother with that number to get you nowhere. Go to a gate. Go to an agent. That's the way to get mm-hmm. to where you're going. Get yes. They can help you. And be and nice because they'll bump you to the front because so many people are losing. They're, they're, they're going completely, uh, you know, chank on everyone. 
Um, if you're familiar with the TYT hosts video of him um, being very lovely to the Southwest people, uh, the, the, the people on the ground. So anyways, um, obviously, um, we, we wanted to talk. A, uh, I think you wanted to talk a little bit about um, yeah, one of the myriad of stories we were discussing about, earlier. About, uh, yes, this idea that, that Tesla's this great company is going to be, you know, the GM of tomorrow. I mean, I'm sorry, that's just premature. I mean, yes, they managed to to produce a product on a mass scale that other companies had not done up until that point. They weren't the first ones to to create an electric car, obviously, but they did manage to produce it in rather significant amounts. But now everybody else is catching up. But the difference is that everybody else, from you know the big luxury brands in Europe, BMW, Mercedes, Audi, and Audi's is VW, and that means it's Porsche mm-hmm. and and it's Lamborghini and so many other things. And then and the American companies, they have the infrastructure, they have the dealerships, they have all of these things. And beyond that, uh, you know, with all due respect to people who bought a Tesla, it's not a very well made car. They have tremendous reliability problems. And there's nothing about right. it that is proprietary. Unlike, say, an iPhone, I can't just knock off the iPhone and then try and sell it under a different name because it's proprietary. But mm-hmm. there's nothing proprietary about what, what makes up a Tesla. So I think, yes, it's overvalued as a company, this idea that, again, that they're going to become the new GM or Ford uh, over the next 50 years and just dominate the market for decades to come. I think it's, it was premature thinking. And, and you're absolutely right with regard to a lot of the things that they're promising. I mean, uh, there are five levels of autonomous driving. We're at level two. Mm-hmm. And, and the, only, yes. the only reason that it works as somewhat in terms of where, of where we are is because you, you test it in places like Arizona and Southern California in beautiful, <laughs> sunny weather where everything's perfect. And then, yes, th- this technology can work. I've got a BMW, 2020 BMW, and it tells me, uh, you know, for instance, uh, this past uh, snowstorm, hey, by the way, yes, don't rely on this thing. You know, because now you know, the the sensors right. are blocked because of the snow. Yeah, any place that has less than perfect weather is has a problem. Additionally, when it snows, you know your car is detecting the lines on the road. Well, the lines disappear in places like Chicago. Yes. So so yeah, there's all sorts of problems with this. The only way I could see this being resolved, and this is the, the hypothetical uh, you know scenario, is that it's a fully autonomous system. That's controlled through, uh, through the same thing that controls navigation today, where you, your car in real time, it's pinpoint accuracy, and it, therefore we know exactly where it is, and therefore you can relinquish control to some artificial intelligence. Even still, even still, uh, Steve, I wonder, have you ever experienced a situation where, um, like where GPS has been slightly off because of any oh, yeah. myriad of factors? And you look at you're on a road and, and it's they've, they've rebuilt the road, but it's still using kind of an old map or they're they're diverting traffic on purpose. And so it looks like you're driving in the middle of water or it looks like you're driving on a side road when you're actually on the highway or vice versa. Um, we've all experienced that kind of thing. The only thing that keeps you from driving into the lake or whatever, whatever the body water is, is your own hands. If the car was making a decision because it would be oh Yeah. Um, and, and then, of course, the uh, – yeah, good. Well, and, and in this scenario, I mean, there would be some overarching system, some large control mechanism. And so imagine that a glitch, something happens, you know, on a 4th of July weekend, everybody's on the road, and all of a sudden, you know, every, people who haven't driven a car in years – 
all of a sudden, you know, the, the automatic system right. fails and everybody's got to... That, that, that assumes that there are even steering wheels. Now, the, the other problem with regard to this is that it, the sort of fantasy world of this is one in which none of us would own cars any longer. That's the other problem with right. Tesla is that if you actually create self-driving technology and we've got re- clean, renewable energy and all this, then why in heaven's name would you bother to invest in a car? You simply call an Uber. Exactly. So you know that you can call the, the, whatever kind of one you want. There's a lot no one in it. You know, middle road. And no one in it, exactly. And then it drops you off, and when you need it again, you know, it come, another one comes. You don't need a garage. You don't need insurance. You don't need a driver's license. So in many ways, this idea of what Tesla has created is, is going to create its own obsolescence. Hold for a second, Steve, because I want to take a break and come back if you can hang on, because I know there's still an extra point on this conversation I'd like to make with you, and I know you, you're not quite done yet. So hold on for a second, um, and let's take a quick break, and we'll come back uh, more with Steve in the Gold Coast and, uh, on the Gold Coast and your call, 773-763-9278. I'm Hal Sparks. I'm filling in for Joan Esposito. We'll be back right after this. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. Attention, everyone. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive. Filling in today for Joan, live from Chicago. Actor, comedian, and multimedia personality, Al Sparks. It's true. Here I am. And we're continuing with uh, our dear friend Steve from the Gold Coast who was calling in. And uh, we were in mid-conversation about Tesla. Welcome back to the show, Steve. And... Um, is he there? You get, I just make sure you can hear me before I start in on this. I, there's one thing. Good. I, there's one thing also, besides the fact that there is no Tesla without government intervention, without the Obama administration making electric cars a priority, there is no Tesla. Like, we're not even talking about this stock going up or taking a dump in the last couple of years because it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have even charted. It would have been, a, you know, a cute meme stock that maybe went. So that's it. Um, but I would like to say this, that. Excuse me. Even when we're talking about um, automated cars ever working, the only way you make that possible, and specifically I'm relating this to the fact that you brought up that sometimes the lines on the street don't exist because they're covered in snow or debris or whatever, um, that the only way you do that is if you put some sort of tracking material or RFID chip in every yellow stagger in the line, or you make some sort of readable material uh, in, in, the, in the walls around roads and the off-ramps and the signs themselves that the car itself, you know, not using GPS, not relying on a satellite system, um, you know, can track in person on the street. And the only way you could ever do that is enormous government investment. Right. Yeah, a magnet, James is saying, but that's something equivalent to that. Right. You can see that possibly uh, manifesting itself in terms of, you know, an Amazon uh, campus somewhere where, you know, a, right. a, a bus or uh, some, some sort of freight train or whatever, you know, does this sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, mall right. parking lots. Or, or say, yeah, right. Or say, say you know, you're the, the, the bus that takes you from the terminal to the car rental place that does the same route over and over again. Yeah, that right. in the near future. But but this idea of relinquishing control, family of five gets in an SUV and you, you just, you know, you're going to watch movies, listen to music or take a nap while, you know, artificial intelligence does this. Uh, yeah, on, on the one hand, it is the only way that this will ever work. 
uh, you know, it's the whole, you know, they're uh, one of the latest things that, you know, this sort of akin to this, uh, the whole flying car thing. You know, you and I grew up with yeah. that, that generation of people that, you know, we all thought the, sure. the, the Jetsons was actually going to happen. Uh, the, the reality is that in, in no scenario were uh, we as individuals going to be allowed to basically fly around the skies, you know, in, in our own private cars, yes. you know, with being sleep deprived, depressed intoxicated, all sorts of other things. The only way that works is if you relinquish control to artificial intelligence. But again, mm-hmm. what, all the things that can go wrong with that, and, there, and this is hundreds of billions have been invested in actually producing these. People think that, it, that they are on the verge of making this viable. You know, I don't know. Now, with, with regard to cars, we're at level two in the United States. Yes. Japan has just approved level three. But that's still yes. not automated, uh, auto, uh, autonomous driving. You know, we're nowhere, no. nowhere, nowhere near that yet. So people just, you know, don't get ahead of yourself. But lastly, I, I don't know why people think that uh, people who have a talent for one thing uh, are automatically somehow geniuses at everything else. I mean, Ben Carson was a great... I, I blame myself. Well, I mean... I'm, I created that mythology single-handedly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, Elon Musk, right. okay, he may have been a visionary and he's, he might, might be a bright businessman. What that has to do with public policy, free speech, all of these other things that he knows nothing about, you know, is beyond me. And I don't know why people think that, you know, what, what Elon Musk thinks about these things matters. Other than being able to buy, you know, Jeff Bezos bought the, the, uh, the Washington Post. That doesn't mean Jeff Bezos knows anything about journalism. Luckily, he's, he's had a hands-off approach on this. But uh, you right. know, Elon Musk is actually, you know, ut- utilizing this giant social media company to, to do things that he's not remotely qualified to do. And, I, and that's a right. problem in America because we've allowed billionaires to start making decisions in, in outside of their realm of expertise. And it's problematic because they're buying into their own hype that they're the smartest person in the room all the time. They're not. Well, and that's because they surround themselves with people who only tell them that. In the case of Bezos, for example, buying the Washington Post, this is something we've experienced before, like big robber barons buying newspapers back in the, you know, in the early 20th century, for example. That wasn't that strange a thing. So he's basically, he's just recreating a system that's existed before, right? Whereas the reason why I think people like Peter Thiel and Elon Musk, both of them, uh, you know, who love the smell of their own brand, both of them. Uh, the reason why they've, you know, they've gotten this n- notoriety for being somehow geniuses is that they had seed money to start with. They were already rich to begin with. Unlike Bezos, who started an online bookstore, these guys both came from money and then took that money and invested it in really the only growth industries that were popping up, which is right after the tech bubble as the new growth in tech started again. But, you know, right after it burst, when everything was at a low point, you could invest in companies or buy into these companies as angel investors. And you knew that at some point, you know, the government's going to, for example, in, in the case of Tesla, invest in electric cars. You know, this is coming. You can tell by all the rhetoric across the world, even if the United States doesn't, there's enough buyers in the EU to make this viable. So they you can just prep for it. You can go. We're eight years away. If we start working on it. By eight years from now, we'll be slightly ahead of everyone else and we'll be the only game in town. That's not that's not a new, you know, business plan, especially, you know, basically he's Daniel Day Lewis and there will be blood to some degree, you know, just I'm an oil man and this is my boy. 
And you rightly pointed out that, you know, that this mirrors, you know, other innovations, you know, in the past. The automobile industry, as we know it today, it, it exists because taxpayers, through public policy, funded the interstate highway system. That's what, that's what turned America into car culture, because large numbers of us moved to the suburbs, and everybody had to have mm-hmm. a car. And guess what? GM didn't build the interstate highway system. That was your, your tax dollars and mine, our parents and right. our grandparents. And, that and they put the gas stations there as well. All the gas stations are subsidized, every single one of them. Again, one of the reasons why, like, the primary... Um, scare point in 50s horror films was your car breaks down in the middle of nowhere because you run out of gas because there weren't gas stations. It was range anxiety. That's what that was. That's where those movies, exactly. all of them, for, I mean, even Clue makes a point about that. There are so many like crazy house on a hill in the middle of nowhere because you ran out of gas stories. And they all come from the original internal combustion engine having a range because of its it just being a crappy engine to start with and couldn't run very long on gasoline. And now, and then we fixed that by putting gas stations everywhere. The government had a huge hand in that and subsidized the cost of gas for, for the last 70, 80, 90 years. Oh, exactly. And I mean, that's the conundrum with regard to electric vehicles, because on the one hand, you say, OK, we want it. We want people to buy them, but they need a place to charge them. On the other hand, no one's going mm-hmm. to build charging stations until people buy the cars. So how do you resolve that? Government subsidies. You give people an incentive to perhaps take a loss, and you write that off for uh, five, right. ten years, whatnot, in order to build those things up. But uh, anybody who, who thinks that this is going to happen absent government policy is delusional. So you know, I'm sorry, the free market right. doesn't solve all of our problems. And by the way, it well, and it can't. The, uh, it can't. Those are two big uh, problems, and you and because they're exactly. they're part of a societal decision. That yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and, and uh, yeah. There's nobody. There's no government. There's no entity, private entity, that has a trillion dollars to build the interstate highway system. For instance, you know, right. that's a government to do that. And, and that's and the same thing with regard mm-hmm. to this. And then, so when some of these people want to uh, talk about the free market and, and extol its virtues, I mean, you, you go ahead and name a company, and I will tell you exactly how government policy helped to build your industry and build your company. Yeah, the ta- well, the taxpayer, the taxpayer was in on. Yeah, this works. And I just need it to go a little further. That's all. Like, it's not on its own. You know, no car company was going to, like you said, build the interstate system. And and it was a symbiotic relationship between the innovation of private companies and the public at large. And by the way, some people were, uh, you know, were touting this as this is socialism, whatever. It's not. This is simply democratic taxation. We have represented we have taxation in this country with representation we re- we recognize that we want our taxes spent in a certain direction and we elect people who talk about that and and, and then eventually do it in theory especially when it comes to things that are giant public works it's not socialism it is we all decide would to to go all in on this particular you know the the nearest technology for ourselves we do the same mvp that uh, the minimum viable product that companies do it's not that different right. um we're we're out of time on this, this um and i yeah okay, exactly I um, I, the, the risk is the risk yeah. is sometimes captured there's a reason we don't have a mass transit system in this country it's because the automobile industry is captured uh, our policymakers. That's the other part of this we didn't discuss, but that's another issue. Right. Yeah. The, invariably, um, <clears throat> this will, you know, the public will always have to have this, you know, 
intermingling of us as a society and what business can add or take away. And it will always be a tug and pull about that because that's how innovation works. And there's nothing wrong with it. And it's and our participation in it is simply the the function of prioritizing where our taxes should go to help the most people. It's it, it is so much so uncomplicated in that regard and has been around forever. And the difference between how we do it and how the king used to do it is that he used to collect taxes and spend it how he liked. And you didn't have a say at all. That's the difference. Um, thanks so much for that. I appreciate the call. Good to talk to you again, Steve. It's nice. It's like old home week. Now, um, if I may, is this the time to do the live read? Is it all right for me to do the live read? I, I feel like it is. Yeah, cool. Uh, Hawk Volkswagen of Joliet has been number one volume Volkswagen dealer in Illinois for the past six years. If you haven't experienced Hawk uh, Volkswagen for yourself, now is a great time. Choose from a huge selection of new Volkswagen models like Jetta, Passat, Tiguan, Atlas, and Atlas Crossport. By the way, uh, my girlfriend drives uh, used to drive one of those, and she loved it. And I'm just saying, I'm throwing that in the mix. I'm not going to tell you which one. It's up to you. Over 30 of each in stock, all the hard-to-find trim levels and colors, all are ready for immediate delivery, outstanding service selection, and a first-class experience. That's why we're number one in Illinois, Hawks Volkswagen on Jefferson Street in Joliet, online at hawkvw.com. Claim based on 2016 through 2021 retail sales. Tune into the Tom Hartman Radio Program, your home for news, opinion, and insight, right here on WCPT 820, where facts matter. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive. Filling in today for Joan, live from Chicago, actor, comedian, and multimedia personality, Hal Sparks. Hey, welcome back. I'm Hal Sparks. I'm filling in for Joan Esposito today. I went to Nutrier. I went to Second City. I started doing stand-up at Zany's. Uh, I've got, I got my Chicago bona fides. I, uh, I walked to school in Winnetka. Yes, every day in weather just like this and worse. With uh, and and I was the kind of teenager who would forget to put his jeans in the dryer the night before. And uh, would have to hope they would be just this side of damp as I was walking to school and my pants would freeze solid. And I'd, I'd like a block from school, I'd start turning into the tin man. You're like, oil can, oil can. Um, so, uh, Chicago, I love you and I feel you. Um, that said, um, lots going on in the news and we have a lot more callers too. 773-763-9278. A bit of breaking news before we go to the callers. Um South Korea has sent drones across the border into North Korea for the first time um, and uh, yesterday, late last night, um, in an unprecedented tit-for-tat military move after Kim Jong-un's regime dispatched five unmanned aerial vehicles into its airspace, which stopped air traffic in Seoul because they couldn't fly planes because these drones were coming in. Um, the exchange of drones, which briefly stopped flight from, uh, yeah, there it is, uh, taking off from Seoul, came as Kim opened a big meeting because he was going to set his uh, his regime's plans for the year. And um, uh, they sent five drones across the border um, on Monday, the first time he's done so in more than five years. The first one crossed the border at 10.25 a.m., returned after flying for about three hours. Four more were detected Monday afternoon, later vanished from radar. Um, uh, and they said one may have come into the Seoul area to possibly, <coughs> excuse me, take photos of the presidential office. But the defense ministry dismissed the claim. I mean, they know where everything is. It's not like you can't. I mean, well, at this point, it's hard to tell because they're kind of cut off from the world satellite system, except for when they borrow um, some of the the rented views that Russia uses. 
So um, this is, you know, this is a major deal. Meanwhile, the other big story, and we'll talk about this more tomorrow with uh, Philip Itner, if he could join us for the show. He'll be on my morning show. Hopefully he'll be able to come on in the afternoon when I'm filling in for Joan tomorrow. Um, he's in Kiev right now. And one of the stories that's happening in Russia is there are runs on the banks there. Apparently, ATM machines don't have any money in them. Um, people are not being allowed into the, the it, to take their money out of banks. This is very similar to stuff we saw in China earlier this year, um, which has continued, by the way, never really ceased. Um, major, major stuff. And uh, congratulations to John Depp, who got Hunter's laptop for Christmas. Um, it, it doesn't exist, so we all have one. Um, but let's uh, let's take some more callers. Who do we have first up? How about William? Let's bring in William. Hey, William, how are you? William. Welcome. This is William from from Geneva, the big dog OC. <laughs> all right. I just want to say, in an all serious note, I just want to say, sir, you have validated and coalesced and organized so many of my personal thoughts and feelings for so many years, and I'm thankful for it, okay? Oh, thanks. I'm glad to be of service. That's what this job is. It's a service job. I, you know, basically just let me know if you want dessert or if you just want to check. That's uh, (laughs) No, you're hilarious. (laughs) Freaking smart. I tell you that. And uh, all right, I'm going to make it quick. You got other callers on the line. And I just want to say, you know, listen, you say hi to Ficus for me. All right. Indeed. Yes, he he's uh, sorely missed. And a lot of people who listen to Joan's show don't know who he is, but they'll have to tune in. They're just going to have to meet him in person. I can't really describe him, and neither can you. I mean, he's his own man. A shout-out to the chat room on YouTube. They're my peeps, Hal. These dudes are my Awesome. They're, they're a good group. I, I'm very proud of the, ga- of the group we've managed to gather on there. Um, even our trolls are next-level high quality. So uh, appreciate it so much, brother, and, and glad to have you in here. Um, what's your – do you have a chat name? I don't like William O'Connor. Okay, great. Yeah. Hey, William O'Connor. Excellent. They're going to give you a thumbs up in there. So, uh, anyways, go ahead. All right. Let me. I'm going to go check it out. That'll be exciting. <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Thanks so much, William. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Wow. Look at that. See, it's it's nice. It's nice. And and happy New Year to you. It's nice to have some. Uh, like the, the the community gathering that we have, I have to say on on my YouTube channel at infotainmentwars.com, and then of course on my Facebook page if you prefer that, uh, the Hal Sparks page on on uh, Facebook, or if you go to Twitch.tv/slash Hal Sparks, if you're you know mentally 15, it's a great place to hang out. Um, uh, and and I will have everybody throw some emojis up to just prove that point if we can on on Twitch. Don't forget to subscribe and thank you, Shadow Woman, by the way, for the gifted subs. Um, bless you. And uh, okay, who else do we have? on the line let's get let's get because i know uh robert from florida is in there how are you is he there i'm here how about you there he is i was here gotcha. hey um i want to hey I, I get the notification that you're on as i go to twitter and i say you know what i'm on the couch let me see if you're on the facebook not the facebook the youtube channels i go to the youtube channel go, there he is look at this guy you know so hey let me just see if I, I just i got you surrounded I called. Uh, I called a radio station. I said, "How are you today?" He's like, "Yeah, so I'm okay. Let me let me see if I can get in here." And uh, I want to wish nice. you a great holiday. Uh, although here at my house, I'm ready. I'm I'm ripping things on already. I don't want to see Santa Claus or anything anymore. You know, everything's gone. <laughs> but 
Sure, I understand. I, like at a certain point, I get empty nest syndrome when everybody left. So the the the, the decoration is just a reminder that everybody went home. It's very sad. So and yeah, like, you know, like your like your mom's traveling today, and my sister she came down and she's hanging out with us with her kids. And tomorrow they go back. To, she's got my mo- our mother with us. So you know, yeah. that's going to be weird. I'm doing an empty nest too. Um, matter of fact, yep. right here. Say hi to the first. Hi, Hal. I loved you, and I love you. Hi. Oh, thanks so much. Happy New Year, everybody. That's awesome. That's yeah, so awesome. I didn't call for that. I called for a couple of things. I want to say this about this uh, this Congress guy from uh, New York State. This guy, he just gets in, he lies about everything, right? Oh, yeah. Santos, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. Devolver, Revolver Santos or whatever. Yeah, that guy. Right, so my my politics people are all on break, Kerry. So I say that to my son. I say, what do you think of this? He goes, what's there to think about it? I go, this is the same thing Trump does. Well, why would they be upset about this, you know? And, uh, yep. uh, you know, it's not like, it's not like uh, you know, we're going to help. They're going to help Franken this guy and get him out of there. They're going to probably give him the gavel. You know, I don't know about the gavel, but, you know, he goes, but this guy's sure. the leadership. Well, I, here's, here's why I think maybe not. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because he was supposed to be one of their token characters. Because they they tend to do the Republicans tend to do a lot of tokenism. I mean, look at Walker to some degree. Like they they didn't run him because he was a qualified guy that they wanted to you know like co legislate with. They wanted to say, well, they, the Democrats ran a black guy, we'll run a black guy. It was that crass. Right. And the same thing is kind of true of George Santos. They're like, we've got a gay Latino. This will cover a bunch of bases. He'll check boxes for us, which is what they're always accusing Democrats of doing. And not understand that we actually do care about these folks as opposed even if they don't like us, we want them to have we want George Santos's uh, his current marriage where he's married to another man to be legal and available to him wherever he travels, whatever state he pretends to be from next. That's fine. And that's the difference. But I think they'll be happy to see him go. No, but I think that uh, you're right about the check boxes. I remember when uh the third girl Marshall retired. They had to find somebody that was black and conservative, and they said, "Okay, this guy," you know. And uh, so yeah, Clarence think, Thomas, right? That was that was yeah, the idea. He was the first. He was the first check box, you know. And I think he, you know, Scalia would write his his reports and say, "Okay, you say this, and I say that," you know. And that was it. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, all right. Just I guess I'm running out of things to say, but I want to say I wish you the best. I'm looking forward to a better year next year. I think uh, I think this war in Ukraine ends quick. I think uh, I, I was reading what you were saying just now about the, the run on the banks. And, you know, they're going to yeah. be running out of parts, you know, and uh, contracts will oh, yeah. come up on the first of the year. So you're going to see a lot of things happening, you know. Just, uh, yep. Well, and I mean, they don't have parts for commercial airplanes. Like, you you think no. we're having holiday problems with air, uh, airplanes. We've got all the repairs and, and, and technicians that we would need necessarily to keep this going. They don't. They sent all their techs to the front to be to catch bullets, and they're out of you know any of the material support they used to get. They stole half their commercial planes. They used to lease them from other co- from Boeing and others. They just kept them. Well, yeah, they're not going to get service parts for that. They're done. You know, um, yeah, they, they they're not. Yeah, they, they, like you said, they they've given up their best their best minds to the front lines, and then they're sitting dead right. in the water. They're, they're not doing anything. You know, it's a scary thing, though, because once they, once Ukraine succeeds, everybody else says, hey, we could do this, too. You know, and, and right. right now, 
Ukraine is giving them the punches that hit the, you know, that hit the brain and, and, and you know, and dizzy them up and, and, and make them think and give them pause. Now all these other smaller stands in and around the, you know, the formal Russia, yeah. you know, that they're going to say, hey, you know what, we could just, we'll just, we'll agitate a little bit, and then they're, they're not going to come over here and stop us. They can't. They got nothing left. Like, you know, they, right. Well, in, like, look at look at Kazakhstan, which is one of like the sort of the butt of American jokes because of Borat. Borat. That country alone can stand on its oil and gas revenues um, equal to the entirety of Russia. That uh, which is I mean, the, the new leader knows that. That's why he's been distancing himself even before they invaded Ukraine. But Dagestan, the way they're standing up to him, the, you know, the Chechens will be the last to go because of, you know, the Kadyrov uh, mercenary guys that are all aligned with Putin. They're, they're strongmen who like strongmen. But when it comes to Georgia, I mean, it, Georgia will go back to being, you know, a, a, you know, a smaller, you know, more peaceful, you know, agrarian version of Armenia. Um, after this, they don't need to keep they don't need the Russians for anything and driving them out wouldn't be a big effort after after they've been kneecapped by by Ukraine. So well, you the, know the, the Russia was, staring down. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, but Russia has not like an accord like a NATO that we have. They have an, they have an accord that they have with all these smaller principalities or like not principalities, but all these little smaller countries that if you attack one, you attack all. Right now, there's something going on between Azerbaijan and Armenia, and they're supposed to help the mm-hmm. Armenians, and they're not helping them because they can't. They right. can't physically get out of. And I don't understand why Joe Biden doesn't go back to the, the to the Kurds. We promised that that Donald Trump walked away from and say, "Hey, what do you mm-hmm. need? We got it. We'll help you." Because we also need to change Syria. You know, that, those people got to go too. I would argue, in in theory, more than likely they are. They're just doing it on the DL. Um, because they don't have to make a big stink of it in many ways, like right. like you know Biden sent uh, trainers back into Somalia, for example, um, after Trump had taken them out to try and you know gut the you know the you know the the current administration there in the face of this civil war that Russia was backing the other side. So they they don't have to make a big show of it; they just announce it and move on. And it's one of these things that shows up at the DOD press conference, but never. It doesn't reach the level of big news because Ukraine is, you know, is reaching this, you know, level of it's just eating the headlines when we do talk about, um, you know, defense stuff overseas or this new stuff with North Korea and South Korea. Again, I want to wish everybody listening to you the the best Merry of a new year and, you know, and it's going to get a lot better. I think it is. You too. Hugs. I agree. I agree. Hugs all around to the fam. And uh, we'll see it at another sexy liberal sometime soon when we get down there. And, you know, we'll bring it to Florida. We have to at some point just to give them what for. Love it. Okay. thanks so much for the call. We got to take a break. Yes, she's lovely. She's she's good people. She's upstairs with the cats right now. Um, anyways, much love. We're way over the break, so i got to take a break because uh, this ain't my show. This is Joan Esposito's show, and I'm just, uh, you know, it's, it's Joan Esposito's world, and we're just living in it. I'm Hal Sparks. I'll be back right after this. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. This is Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. Yeah, so there's... Uh, um, drones flying from South Korea into North Korea for the first time ever, I think. Um, there are bank runs in Russia. China is um, is going to reach its peak of 
of uh, COVID infections sometime in late January, right before the Lunar New Year starts, which will set off on yet another wave, which will spread to the rest of the country. They have largely no natural immunity and the Sinovac does not work. Um, currently, uh, crematoriums are overrun. There are lines down the street uh, with people hand delivering the corpses of friends and loved ones to the crematoriums and just having and many of them, the people who are moving the bodies sick themselves. Um, you know, there we obviously have winter and flight issues in the United States, but on a you know, on on comparison to those kind of problems, we got it pretty good, folks, comparatively. Doesn't mean there aren't serious things going on here all the time, but when you're looking at the misery index in the world, uh, it's it's kind of important to point out um, when you know you're you're slightly ahead of the curve in the arc of humanity, unless you're Donald Trump, in which case um, you just scream into the wind on your cute little um, would-be social network which was basically a microblogging site for him to blather on with no real other conversations going on at all. And in this particular one, um, he argues, <coughs> excuse me, and, and I, I quote, uh, very interesting because until recently, the political hacks and thugs of the highly partisan January 6th unselect committee, he thinks that calling them the unselect committee uh, is, uh, is a sharp barb that they shall not recover from. It's uh, it's dopey. I don't know how else to describe it. It's such on the considering the guy got so much credit for crooked Hillary and little Marco and things like that. As far as like like open mic insult comics go, unselect is pretty sad. We're seldom talking about your favorite president. Me, he has to clarify, because if he allows that gap to exist, everybody will start filling in other people. As it related to the protest, in all caps, on election fraud, by the way, he means January 6th. He goes, number one, also in caps, as president, I have total immunity. No. No, he does not. For all the trolls and maggots and Republicans listening to the sound of my voice or watching me talk online at infotainmentwars.com or even on Rumble, where it's mostly right-wingers together. Hi, Rumble people. Um, No. No, this is this is the United States of America, and we may be a little lax in going after the rich and powerful in our country, but at no point do those rich and powerful people, especially when they are in elected office, have some sort of magical, monarchical uh, immunity from prosecution like, like King George did or some nonsense. We fought an entire war to not live like that. We established a constitution saying we don't. Live like that. And secondly, um, that's I, I hope to God that's his defense. When he finally makes it in front of a judge or a jury or both, I hope he thinks that 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 he's going to go just straight Nixon on this. I, I'm the president. And if the president does it, it is not illegal. That's that's essentially it. That's the argument he's trying to make. That the, the president can pardon anyone, including himself, and he, um, you know, he all he just went, he, I don't know if it was, was it uh, the man with two brains, 
where, yeah, we, the citizen's annulment, where he can just kind of go, ipso facto coitus interruptus, and he just magically pardons himself right as he walked out the door as president, or he wrote himself a pardon. I got news for you. The one person a president can't pardon is himself. And even if they tried, the just the moronic nature of anybody Anyone, no matter what political, where, where you are in the political spectrum, if you thought the president could pardon himself for whatever crime he commits while in office, I, I, I please explain yourself to everyone else in your in, in whatever your political window is, because I have a feeling they will all dogpile on you and call you a lunatic. There is no political system that is has any function whatsoever if the the leader of that system solely has the power to commit whatever crimes they want and then magically pardon themselves it's idiotic and there is i don't care if he stacked the court with with 13 scalias one for every circuit if if trump had had stacked the court like he's accusing democrats of doing and and put nothing but absolute sycophants in it. All of them, to the person, would deny him the ability to do that. It's infantile. It's goofy. The fact that he even types it is embarrassing. I don't know how. I, I, there are there are always every time we turn around with Trump, there always seems to be some kind of last straw. With his folks, ironically, it was simply the NFTs, his stupid little Trump cards that he put out that Don said, we got to sell something and we can't sell anything material because it doesn't not, everything's mortgaged. So we can't sell properties or anything. We won't get any money. We'll lose money on everything we sell. So NFTs, they're fake. We'll just make up a bunch of those. That was that of all the things, not a man who says to his own followers, to, uh, to constitutional, you know, like Republicans who believe themselves to be forever lashed to the Constitution, who believe in, uh, you know, in, in the traditions of America, good old conservative American constitutional purists, federalist papers, blah, blah, blah. All the, the, those folks, never mind me and people who think like me or um, what we like to love it, what what TYT lovingly calls the Hal Sparkses of the world, you know, the people who are right all the time. <laughs> um, but that Trump's own followers and his own party would have people in it that would believe that the the ultimate goal is for the United States is to have a president who could murder someone, shoot someone in fifth, uh, on Fifth Avenue, not only not lose any support. But he could pardon himself for it and never do any time in jail. Um, most of us, myself included, are still, uh, I would say, um, a little. It, we're we're chafing a little bit at the at the Bush administration's enhanced interrogation torture schemes, which I believe were illegal and were war crimes. And members of that administration should have seen jail time for it. That's, that still bugs me. But even those folks wouldn't never made the argument that, well, the president said it, so it's fine. 
That that never that was never floated. It was that these fall within things that prescribed, and we we just differ with the definition of torture. So they made their argument in the wiggle room of law, like any criminal defense attorney would do. But none of them went. Wow, well, I mean Trump. You know, we're setting this up so people like Trump in the future can just do whatever they want and and declare themselves. Uh, king for a day and just magically it's 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 the perfect form of trumpian christianity i can i can confess to myself absolve myself of my sins and 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 in many ways like george santos it is the perfect picture of modern republican politics we got to take a break uh hitting the news and into the last hour (coughs) where i'm filling in and trying to manage my mild tickle cough that's been chasing me for the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm Hal Sparks filling in for Joan Esposito. We'll be back right after this. Gift yourself great sleep during Mattress Firm's Dream Sember Sale. Get a king for a queen price or a queen for a twin and save up to $700. Psycho, are you? Yeah, tickets are wearing it. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> Chicago. Filling in for Joan Esposito. Please, Netflix, let me play Rudy Giuliani in a big, kind of bloviated, chainy suit like the one that Christian Bale wore. Actor, comedian, and multimedia personality, Hal Sparks. You can see the roots of the paranoia that Trump has in what he uses to attack everyone else and why he thinks everybody's a crook because I'm a crook. And the only difference between me and them is I don't use email, so their emails must be just full of criminality. Hal Sparks, live. Local and progressive. Welcome back to the show. Don't forget you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash HalSparks. Uh, Patreon supporters get to bring a guest uh, themselves and a guest for free to my stand-up shows and uh, and uh, some of the Nerd Halen shows as we work them out because I don't like taking money out of other people's pockets. But uh, there we go. Um, anyways, welcome back. Infotainmentwars.com. Don't forget, a th- forget to give a thumbs up to the show. Like, subscribe. All that kind of stuff. Whatever you're, I'm on your streaming service of choice, except Netflix, I suppose, and those kind of things. I'm, I will be on Hulu or something eventually, I have no doubt. But in the meantime, um, uh, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, uh, Rumble, and Facebook, I'm, I'm, I'm adding things all the time. I used to even be on VK, which was the Russian site, and for some reason they kicked me off. I don't know what that is. I felt, you know, I suppose. I did better than, say, uh, one of the most recent Russian oligarchs who they kicked out of a window. Um, some people may be familiar with the fact that um, Ukrainians, uh, are, you know, uh, while they are um, giving Russia the business um, and they are definitely, give, you know, showing them what for. Oddly enough, uh, the Russians seem to be saying, hold my beer when it comes to killing off their own. Not only are there um, gunfights breaking out between the Russian military and Prigozhin's Wagner Group, the um, the Russian paramilitary organization that is named after Hitler's favorite composer, whose head has uh, SS tattoos on his collarbone. Yeah, but remind me how the Russians are trying to denazify Ukraine. And um, the, uh, I think we're at. 35 Russian oligarchs or heads of industry have died under mysterious circumstances recently. Um, the, the most recent one 
is a, uh, let's see, uh, Pavel Antoff, um, <coughs> who was a, a sausage king, not uh, not our own Chicago's Abe Froman, no, but a, you know, but, a, you know, a big moneymaker inside the country. Um, oddly enough, he was on a trip to India and he fell out of a third story window. And and it's very strange, but there was another guy uh, that he was traveling with. That that guy was found dead in the same hotel a couple of days before. So that's, you know, and it's it's sad. You know, they, uh, you know, they obviously Russians have a are, are very clumsy. They're allergic to gravity. And there seems to be a big thing about smoking around giant gas tanks. Um, and, and because there have been three other giant fires, not, you know, not including the malls that have caught fire in Moscow, but, um, and, you know, enormous um, uh, oil field or gas fields, rather, and um, some on the military bases, even to the point where a, um, a Ukrainian drone made it all the way to the Engels base well inside Russia, farther than the range was supposed to go even on this uh, particular drone. And um, the Russians are saying it did not hit any aircraft except the ones that blew up. And uh, it did not wreck the runway because it always had a giant hole in it. Um, we will talk more about that. But I'm teasing tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, Philip Bittner hopefully will be able to join us in the afternoon. Fingers crossed for uh, for me when I fill in for Joan. And we will discuss um, sort of what's going on in Ukraine. And, uh, you know, the United States just sent uh, $23 million to help shore up the electrical grid there. Um, and people are like, what about our electrical grid? Yeah, we do it all the time. The problem is a lot of these states um, are run by Republicans. And those folks, for some reason, like to take federal funds for infrastructure and spend it on other stuff. It's why, by the way, the omnibus bill and the infrastructure bill itself, you know, how Republicans love to they complain all the time about how many pages are in these bills. Now, we all know they're allergic to reading in general. They carry around copies of the Constitution, don't bother to read them. That said, and, and they always seem to skip past half of the Second Amendment. You know, that, that whole well-regulated militia part, they just kind of skip past the well-regulated, which is, my goodness, would normally do a, a lot of heavy lifting in that particular situation. Um, they, they, they blow that off entirely. So it's not surprising that pages and pages of, of documentation that require some actual effort to go through scare the living daylights out of them. But one of the other reasons why Republicans hate to do the reading on these bills and why they, they, they're they so angry that there's so much detail and why these bills are so large is because we have learned from experience that if you, you can't just block grant money to Republicans for things like infrastructure and education because they will blow it on, I don't know, Confederate monuments, just whatever They'll spend it to, they'll just patch whatever holes in their own budget that they have with it and never actually do the work that federally um, they have a responsibility to do because if you want to drive through one of these states, you need that infrastructure to actually function. 
You need those cell towers. You need that electrical grid. You need the stoplights to actually work. You need the roads to be paved so you can get all the way through that state on your way across this fantastic country to where, wherever you're actually going, whether it's for the holidays or for a big move. And they tend to take that money and just spend it on whatever they want. So the bills around American expenditures that go through the House and the Senate uh, now have a lot more language in them than they used to. And I'll give you one example. One of the big complaints that they have is that there's no money for border security and that the money that was issued in the omnibus bill to go to um, legal representatives going down to help people, you know, verify and administer um, the asylum claims at the border, that money cannot be used for material support of the border, like building a wall or, you know, ATVs or any of that other stuff. All that stuff is in the DHS and the Customs and Border Patrol's budget. That's where that money goes. And they got a raise. There's more money in those budgets than there were last year, and just like there were in the year before. So those things are already paid for. You can't use the other spending for another task as a slush fund for stuff just because you want to ignore that, or you're worried that if you actually process these folks... They might, I don't know, become valuable Americans, which is a terrifying idea, I'm sure, on their front. So they have to put stuff in the bill that says this money cannot be used for this or anything else. It is for this specifically. Republicans hate that because they want to take the federal funds and they want to use the federal funds for local purposes that don't benefit the country as a whole because it's they view it as a slush fund for themselves. Now, um, this, there's a long history of this in the Republican Party. And one of the ongoing, you know, the, the expenditures that, that went into reinforcing the wall, even extending a part of it, you know, putting up uh, surveillance gear around it, all the stuff that, by the way, would all be made better by the passing of comprehensive immigration reform, which would involve a, a, a more regular border experience, meaning that People, migrant workers and the like, could come in, work, go home. It'd be a very porous back and forth on the border. We would need more, um, you know, we'd have to watch for fentanyl and other things like that. And, and certainly, you know, against the use of child labor, which, by the way, the only places we found child labor in the United States where there's been a big stink about it, oddly enough, anybody want to guess? Red or blue? Yeah, red states. So the the building of the wall, for example, funds that Trump said Mexico was going to pay for this wall and they were going to build this wall. In the building of the wall, unlike fencing, either, you know, Constantina wire or an old-fashioned fence, where human beings can walk up a hill and, and physically do the work of putting a post in the ground and extending a fence, and that anybody who wants to go up that area would have to traverse really difficult terrain to get to that section of fence, so they're less likely to try and get past that point, because of the building of the wall, access roads had to be laid on either side of the wall. So wherever it was built, because it was such a big undertaking, it was a construction site effectively. So now, thanks to Donald Trump, there are roads all along the wall on both sides that go all the way to the end of it, which was not the case when it was just fencing, for example. 
So the, the wall itself is contributing to the rise in illegal immigration at cross points. It is one of the reasons why you're hearing more about El Paso, for example. So, um, red alert. Do we have a red alert? Um, uh, <coughs> in the chat room. By the way, um, you're watching House Sparks Mega Worldwide, a special addendum. I'm filling in for Joan Esposito today on WCPT, and I will be rolling straight into my regular show um, after this as well. Um, if you're on Twitch, uh, maybe think about uh, subscribing. Twitch.tv slash Al Sparks. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime, it doesn't cost you a dime. I think we have other callers, too, and I, I want to take a break, and we'll come back and get those. 773-763-9278 is our number. We'll be back. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive. Filling in today for Joan, live from Chicago. Actor, comedian, and multimedia personality, Al Sparks. Welcome back to the show. I'm House Sparks. Uh, 773-763-9278 is our number. Um, we got a couple of callers on the line. Who do we have first? Chicago. Do we have Ted? Excellent. Excellent. Thanks, Ted. Uh, welcome. Hi. Hi, Hale. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay, great. Hey, so, you know, as an intelligent guy, see if you track with me on this one, because, you know, if, if, an, if an intelligent person, a highly intelligent person thought that it was okay for one person to make all the decisions for everybody else to tell them what, how to live, wouldn't that person mm-hmm. think it should be them? Like, don't you feel that way? You know, like, hey, if I thought it was okay for just one person to make the decisions for everybody, it, it should be me. I would make the fairest. No, I don't. I'll tell you, I, I, in all fairness, uh, my, my genuine response when you ask me that is that I believe yeah. life is too gooey for one person to even know all the working parts. And that there has to be a, that, that, um, that's arrogance, not intelligence. And an intelligent person would know the limitations of the data that they are getting from, you know, individual lives and individual experiences and, and would also be aware that everyone's, you know, the variety of tastes that exist in the world, natural and unnatural, which are also at play at any given time, are not up to me either. So if I, I would never presume to choose the playlist for everyone, I would, I can suggest things that I like, but I could never assume that your response would be you would enjoy the music or the food or the, the you know the work day or the you know maybe you hate technology and you like working with your hands that kind of stuff i would never presume um that i think the most intelligent person would recognize the limitations on intelligence and data does that make sense okay, fair enough hey al if i could make one more point if i'm still in and you're right sure. that's the great answer i guess i here i'm being very serious on this point I heard it just yeah. one time before the election, Hal, and I bet you did, too, when the president said, these young people, you know, who saved us during the election, 45 and under, under the young people, mm-hmm. he said they're the, the highest, most highly educated generation in, in our country's history. I hope people caught that, mm-hmm. because make this link, if you would, people. Everybody talks about the student loan debt, right? So one good thing about mm-hmm. student loan debt is it went to everybody getting educated. So that's pretty right. darn good yes. instead of going to some, some dumb things, right? So You're absolutely right. Yeah, the the actual, the, the number, the volume of student loan debt is not reflective of debt as a whole. For example, like there are a lot of people who hear debt and immediately their brain thinks credit card debt, that it is a, it is a, 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 
a weight, an anchor on you without worth. You've either already experienced the worth or the goods that you bought are no longer worthwhile. And education is not at all like that. And it is very much an investment. And so a lot of people who have very very rich lifestyles later in life had a very expensive uh, education. The difference was is that you didn't used to be able to take out debt to do that. Only rich people had access to Harvard and the like. So now it is expensive to go to Harvard. You might take out a lot of debt, but you can get the benefits of having that kind of an education, which was impossible just a couple of decades ago, much less centuries ago. So absolutely right. Um, It is that's a value added. Great work. I I think I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Thanks. Happy New Year, Ted. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> let's grab, uh, we have another caller as well, 773-763-9278. Um, who do we have? Excellent. Hey, Mike, welcome. Hey, Hal, great show. Hey, I just wanted to uh, compliment you. I think you framed what uh, goes on relative to those states and the border and uh, the reason reasons why when those uh, those bills, those spending bills come out, they want it very generic so that they can manipulate mm-hmm. how those funds are spent. You've seen it in places. I mean, look at Mississippi with the uh, the Brett Favre uh, incident and what they do with those money sure. that go into a general fund. And they turn around, and a lot of it is a byproduct of, you know, they, they, they brag on not having state taxes and things like that, but they got to find a way to spend for the necessities that they have to spend for, and that's where they take that money and they allocate it to. And in many instances... The people who need it most don't get it. And I wish others would. Sure. I, I was just, I had to call you because I'm like, this guy has just put this in perspective. Why aren't others I appreciate it. this in the same way? So I compliment you. I'm going to let yeah. you go. I'll listen to your response. Uh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. It means a lot. Yeah, that's, it, it, you know, if anybody follows, like, financial crimes over the years or even listen to a modern murder trial versus like 12 angry men from not just the addition of things like DNA and um, and the technical technological advancements and and both the ability to use it as evidence and the doubt presented by it if it's a new piece of evidence. But look at how people thread legal fights these days. Look at look at how, you know, you know, by like word by word. I mean, you go back to like Clinton and this, the definition of what is is kind of concept that we've there's a reason why legal documents get finer and finer and finer all the time, because people who want to get around them are always looking for wiggle room. And the Republicans run like this. And I think he brought up a really great point about something like, you know, like Mississippi, Alabama, Texas does this as well, where they give their own constituents in those states the illusion that they live free of um, of certain taxation. Um, and, you know, in Nevada, you have a similar thing where people actually hide. They, they Everything's a fee. So if you don't pay for that stuff or you don't use it, you don't contribute to it. And therefore, you, you have to backfill the, what the fees don't cover, especially in terms of like airlines and, and airports and road projects and that kind of stuff with federal funds. And they do it by pretending that, you know, we we don't want disaster. Really. We, they'll talk a big game and then they'll sign. They'll vote for it. And then the bill, when it comes, they'll spend the money doing the thing that they that they don't take taxes for in the actual state. So their own 
constituents get to live in this like I'm a live free or die kind of a citizen when in reality they're just living off of everyone else. That that slack that they're leaving is taken up by bigger states. And and frankly, you know, blue states, the you know, the ones that Trump is always complaining where all the crime is are also, by the way, where all the people are. It's also where all the coffee shops are. It's also where the auto repair places are. There's more of everything in big democratic cities, including crime. And so this idea that they can isolate out one aspect of a highly populated area and then pretend that the rest of that highly populated area doesn't indeed pay for the red states. Chicago itself pays for several red states. If it wasn't for the money running through Chicago, forget New York, Miami, L.A., Seattle, (coughs) any of these states, Chicago itself keeps several red states and red areas, by the way, of Illinois, of course, afloat by itself. Just the, the amount of industry and money that flows through Chicago in the financial area and in trade and all kinds of other stuff. And what so what they do is they live on this illusion that they can somehow um, like we don't need that stuff. We don't even we don't have to to pick your pocket. The the taxation is theft and blah, blah. Meanwhile, they're they say that because they're stealing it from other states, states they don't contribute to, by the way. Unless they travel there and complain if the roads aren't mended, because a lot of the tax dollars from, say, Chicago go to mend the roads in other states. States where they're proudly not paying for that kind of stuff to show the world to own the libs with potholes. So the the same thing is true of these the omnibus bill, the, you know, the the spending package, even the infrastructure bill that has to be so finely written, because if you give Republicans the ability to use any money as a slush fund, they will patch the holes in their own budget with it. It's. And, and they will sell their own constituents this magical idea that they live free of the federal government, that they that they're proud Americans who don't participate in in the actual functioning federal system that we have. And I I, I find it cartoonish, quite frankly, when I you know, and that it's one of the ways they always stand out, of course, is that if you look at the infrastructure bill, that many Republicans are decrying. Horrible, horrible. It's only 9% infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, it passed with a lot of Republican votes because of rural broadband, because if it was left up to the market, there is no way the market would spend money putting fiber optic out into the you know small towns of Montana or Iowa or even Minnesota, for that matter. That's a situation where the government at hand and the rest of the country says, hey, if I'd like to move there one day, I'd like to have Internet equivalent to, you know, the big cities so that I can continue my business. And maybe if I want to buy a farm and and have my family out in the middle of nowhere and I can do remote work, I can now do it anywhere. That idea alone is is a motivating factor for this. But the, the Republicans wouldn't even suggest putting that in there because they know their constituents would like it. And they'd have to recognize that that government of the people, by the people and for the people actually does a lot of good work. And they take it all for granted. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. More of your call. 773-763-9278. I'm Hal Sparks. I'm filling in for Joan Esposito. We'll be back right after this. 
Information is power. Stay informed to know what's going on. Staying informed gives me the power of knowledge. I wake up. I need to know what happened. I turn on the radio. Because information is power. WCPT 820. Where facts matter. Attention, everyone. Joan Esposito. Live, local, and progressive. Filling in today for Joan. Live from Chicago. Actor, comedian, and multimedia personality, Al Sparks. Welcome back. Uh, thanks so much. 773-763-9278 is the number. I'm Hal Sparks filling in for Joan Esposito. She's on vacation uh, for the rest of the week, but I will be back tomorrow as well. We've got one little half hour left in the show, and then I'll be rolling into my live stream that I do every day at infotainmentwars.com at twitch.tv slash Hal Sparks. If you have a teenager in your house, they can show you how to run that. Um, on my Facebook page, if you have a grandparent in your house, they can teach you how to run that. And then on Twitter, if you have a lunatic around that lives in your basement, and I, I don't know. What, Twitter is slowly but surely becoming the like the Craigslist free to pick up ads that actually are a way that serial killers bait you into coming down their driveway. Um, it's hard to even say where it's headed. Um, but uh, um, we, I'm not sure if we have callers, but seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight is our number. Do we have anybody on the line right now? Oh, great, excellent. Okay, so uh, Dave, welcome. Hey, how? Are you there? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's been a while. Hey. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, I I just got the I got reading a story a couple of days ago. I can talk about where uh, the uh, you mentioned about the Wagner Group and yes, I read where the you may ask Philip tomorrow if he could get a hold of him about uh, where they're sending prisoners with nothing to lose to the front lines over there. In that uh, mm-hmm. to fight that eastern city of Bakhmut, and uh, yeah, the, I, such I, a it's, it's such a scam. It's amazing to me. So, so for those that don't know, Bakhmut's kind of in the middle of the Donbas region that the um, that the Russians have been fighting for. And oddly enough, it's where the Wagner Group has largely been stationed. Everywhere else is just kind of regular military army. There's some you know breakoff groups that failed in Kharkiv. Same thing in Kherson, but they kind of keep them out of there because. Um, um, the 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 guy who runs the Wagner Group is close to Vladimir Putin, and so he keeps these guys in the heat, but out of real danger. And in the Bakhmut area, the idea is that somehow he's convinced the, the I guess Shoigu or any of the guys in the Republican or in the Russian military uh, standard Freudian slip, sorry um, that that it's necessary to reclaim this particular area. And what they do is the Wagner Group gets paid by like the kilometer. <clears throat> when they gain ground, they don't have to give a refund when they lose it. So they have been fighting for these same pieces of ground over and over again and getting paid to do it. So it's this weird. I, I don't really feel bad about it because they're just bleeding Russia's uh, coffers dry and largely, Prigozhin, who runs the Wagner Group, is using these conscripts like you're talking about, these prison guys, because he went to prison and talked to some of them and said, you can get out and uh, we'll take we'll take like anybody here who's here for sexual assault. As long as it's not for sexually assaulting another man, you can go to the front, which is very telling, um, considering, you know, I mean, it's very it's very Russian in that regard. Yeah. But so, the yeah, the and again, the Wagner Group named after. Named after uh, uh, Hitler's favorite composer, uh, and and so again, I don't again another reason not to buy the denazification nonsense. Yeah, they're saying that they, you know, that they're offering them freedom and stuff like that, and 
to get them deployed to the battlefield. Yeah, it says that uh, yeah, fr- freedom from this mortal coil. Yeah, if they're getting chopped up left and right, then it's like, you know, well, mm-hmm. you know, we'll kill you with a gun or we'll kill you with a knife. I mean, you're basically, you're dead, you know, but... Uh, like Well, you know, there's a question, you bring that up, there's a question about how many, you know, what's the percentage killed at the front fighting the Ukrainians who are basically shelling them with artillery as these guys are being, for, you know, forced by the Wagner Group to basically run against, like, claim open ground. Or the guys who aren't stupid enough to do that, who try to turn tail and make it back to Russia, and the Wagner Group is there to stop them and shoot them. They shoot their own people. And there have been several dust-ups between, you know, the Russian military and the Wagner Group because a commander doesn't like the fact that these guys are trying to either reposition or something, and the Wagner Group shoots them like they're, you know, like they're deserters. And so they've opened fire. And one, one commander got in a tank, I think, and got was drunk and drove his tank into and over a bunch of Wagner group guys while the, while another guy was shooting at them. It was it's insanity. You would, this is nothing like we even heard stuff like this since World War One, and it's yeah, uh, again, this is Trump's idea of leadership. Yep, and they said that. Too, that you know, individual Wagner were told to advance on their targets, and this off times with being accompanied by armored vehicles and that. And remember, like mm-hmm. we mentioned about the one being ground up. Remember, early on in this war, when the when the troops they went and uh, I think they ran over a colonel that time. They were you know fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, day, uh, fighting that you know uh, uh, why would you call that? You know, it's a form of fratricide, I guess. You know, <laughs> but they were yeah. you know protesting that war and they just and they weren't going to follow that order and they they ground him into the ground but hey before i leave i got one more quick one my wife and i were sure. talking about trump that my wife seriously thinks that trump is going to try you know to get out of incarcerated by an insanity plea you know kind of you know, oh. like that mob boss back I, back in the late 80s in new york or whatever that wrong with the with the with the robot right. and stuff like that. Sure. Well, you're not what what he's really shooting for is pretending that he actually believes the story about the election theft because he recognized fairly, you know, like early on, especially right after the recording of him calling Raffensperger and Kemp, after that recording came out, somebody in his legal team told him that the only real defense he has is if he pretends to actually believe it he has to because if he's saying guys i need eleven thousand seven hundred votes help me out here if he's saying that because he believes those votes are out there then he's not technically committing a direct crime trying to manipulate the election he's committing other crimes which is not going through the you know the the available uh you know legal channels by which he can actually you know question uh you know and ask for a recount and those kind of stuff so by calling them and asking them to do it personally that in and of itself is a crime but the overall crime of like you know trying to steal the election he can as long as he he thinks as long as he can hide behind the lie that he actually believed it was stolen from him and he actually believed he'd won, he thinks he's covered. Now, that's why the the um, select committee's report that came out you know, has several instances in it from Cassidy Hutchins and others where they're saying that they heard him say he knew he lost. And that's the point where he is now committing a crime by asking 
Raffensperger and Kemp and other people to fix the election for him because the minute he's aware that he actually lost, everything he did in relation to this is a crime. And as opposed to it just a technicality about how he used it and he can plead ignorance or some nonsense in the Georgia court. The, and I personally believe he knows he lost. He was he was miserable on election night. They had planned this red mirage argument for a while. Um, so, you know, he knew he saw the polling. He knew he was losing something that he had that he had left a letter in the desk for for Biden, kind of like what right. Bush did. And that, you know, what the, the outgoing president started doing after on, uh, I think, right. Bush senior or whatever. And, and uh, so you get the yeah. others real close. So are you saying maybe Trump's going to take the uh, George Costanza? It's not a lie if we believe it. Uh, defense. Yes. Yes, that is exactly right. That is the defense, because ultimately not he's not somebody else. Can, so. uh, Good talk. I appreciate you. it. Thanks so much. Yeah, you too. Cheers. Yeah, the um, this has been you. It's clearly in turn, and one of the reasons why he he says rigged and stolen and rigged and stolen. The reason he says it so often is because he's planning on using this this fake belief that it was rigged and stolen in court to protect himself. He thinks that's the way to beat the rap. And again. Interestingly enough, and, you know, Michael Cohen talked about this, but Trump actually thinks that if you if you win in court in any situation because you deserve to win, you're nothing special. It's supposed you're supposed to doesn't. And by the way, and the, the illusion that you do that because you're right in court, you win is absurd. But for some reason, he thinks that's just kind of that's the easy part when you can game the system, when you can cheat it, when you can get around it. When you can lie and not get caught, when you can, um, you know, bribe and cajole and threaten and those kind of things. And then you win because of that, because the other person drops out or can't afford to fight or whatever. That means you're the, the man. That's Trump's idea of what it means to be a winner. Largely because he has known for a very long time that on the merits, he can't win. He bankrupt a casino. He Trump stakes, Trump water, Trump video phones. Every time he's actually confronted with a real case with real, you know, constituents who actually are pushing back, he loses. He just used to, because of New York and the way New York was set up, he used to be able to muscle his way through these things. And he can anymore. Hence the flop sweat. Hence the screaming into a paper bag that he's doing it, you know, at, at Troth Central. Um, we got to take a break. Uh, one last uh, little segment uh, um, before I um, hand the, sh- the the network back over to its its <laughs> its normal uh, um, guardians, and uh, we'll be back right after this. I'm Hal Sparks. I'm filling in for Joan Esposito. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Attention, everyone. Don't turn that dial. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive, returns right now on WCPT 820. Well, sort of. Uh, I'm Hal Sparks. I'm filling in for Joan today, and I'll be filling in tomorrow as well. We got a few minutes left, and we got some callers on the line, so I want to try to get through everybody. Let's go to Wes first because he's been hanging on the longest, and then we've got two other callers, and I hope we can get them all in by the end of the show. Hey, Hal. 
Wes, you there? How you doing? Hey, what's happening? I'm good. How are you? Good to hear your voice. I'm great. Just sitting here in the cold. It's getting warmer, though. Yeah. All right. If I piece, had piece by piece things I'd like to tell you about. Oh. Sure. Hello. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. The main thing I think is your voice, especially when you're talking this long all day long. You need to keep it up in a higher register. You do that when you're excited, but then you get tired or lazy or something, and you start talking down. And no, it's just I, I have a I I um I I have a naturally lower voice, and I do keep it higher uh, as best I can, but within limits. And I I just I think I fear going into Ben Shapiro land. I just can't do it. It would break my heart if I listened back to my show and I sounded like that. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But you won't. You don't. You you have right. a wonderful voice. You just Thanks. I, the right way. I'll, I'll go straight up. I'm going to go straight up Sebastian Bach from now on. Dude, it's the way you protect your voice. That's the way, that's the way Sebastian Bach from Skid Row does it. He talks like this all the time, dude. All right. So uh, anyways, go ahead. I'm sure we have plenty to cover. So you, you do it like that, and it goes up in your sinuses. And that isn't good. It's either. true. It needs to vibrate. Now. All right. I'm sorry. I'll do my best. Make it sing. <laughs> I see. All right. I will do I will I'll do my best. But I um but again I, I would like to sound oddly enough like a grown man. Can I say yeah. something about the chat rooms? Yes, please. Go ahead. Okay. Number one thing, don't come to YouTube unless you're highly intelligent and semi nice. Sure. Okay. Semi nice. Crazy people. Yes. Yeah, the crazy people are on Twitch. And it's true. Twitch is a little crazy. That's all right. Facebook is where the not nice people go, and then some grandparents. Exactly. And it's totally fine. Right. Yeah, old people like me. But I don't even like Facebook anymore there because people are just too mean. It's yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know what the I don't, it's the older generation. I think the boomers just lost any um, you know a, a, any ability to hold back their impulses. I, I think it's all that 70s cocaine or something. Oh, God knows. Like the Fox News crew, or should I have said that? Oops. Oh, yeah, that's fine. You can, yeah, that's the nice thing about the show. I mean, I don't think you, I don't think we have to do a dump if you say Fox News. Uh, you would have to if you were on Mike Pillow's network. Apparently, that's considered a swear word. But here, it's just, yeah. it's just reason to giggle. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, buddy, and I could talk to you all night long, but I've been waiting so long, so I know the other guys have yeah. to. Yep, see you in a little I bit. I appreciate it, Web, Wes Webb, and I, I I, really do, and it's always nice to see you. I look forward to seeing you in the chat room um, on the regular show, too. It's great, and it's nice to know this is what your voice sounds like. It's always great to put you know, faces and voices with names on there. It's terrific. Yep, take care and happy holidays. You, too, absolutely. Happy New Year. Fantastic. Yay. Everybody give it up for Wes in the chat. Fantastic. Um, and then uh, let's grab another caller real quick so I can get through them and make sure I get everybody because I got six minutes left, something like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Which? Okay. Who's first? Ex- excellent. Hey, Brian, welcome. Hi. Um, I want to respond to something you were talking about earlier. You were talking about Harvard sure. and running up that. Actually, I think it's very important for people to know that at Harvard, you're not going to run up any debt. 
it's, it's probably the most cost-effective education you could get. And, and that mm-hmm. includes not just Harvard, but most of the Ivies, a lot of top universities, they have something called loan-free aid. And mm-hmm. if you have at the median family income or less, it's going to be totally free. Room, board, tuition fees, free. Uh, at Harvard, it's up to 75000 At Princeton, it's up to 100000 At Brown, it's up to 125000 You go completely free. You run up no debt. Well, they, I, I, I will say, yes, that, that, is, that is absolutely true. If you, and, you, and, and I'm guessing, is that scholarship level or is that just anybody? I mean, you obviously have to get in. All you have to do is get in. But there are yeah. schools that aren't quite as bad, like Vanderbilt, Duke, possibly mm-hmm. the University of Chicago. Um, and even yeah. if you're above that income level, about 150200 it's going to be cheaper than going to the U of I. It's right. going to be cheaper than going to your local community college. That's crazy. And you know what's interesting, um, now that you bring that up, is uh, that one of the reasons why we have an explosion of student debt in the country that we've had over the last couple of decades is because of the volume of people going to school, not the depth of debt by those individuals. Especially like my, you know, uh, my girlfriend's kid, um, there were all sorts of different student aid packages that you could kind of glom together as well. Um, for, you know, for your local schools, a lot of the local schools have like three or four things and then a couple of, um, you know, specific to whatever degree you're going for. You can try to get scholarships for the, you know, as addendums for whatever else costs you might have. So, yeah, there's there's a myriad ways um, to go through. It's an excellent point to bring up and I appreciate you bringing it up. Thanks. Sure. Yeah. You might. And, and, and I wish they'd always been there because I never went to college and I would have loved to gone to Harvard and study acting there so I could show them how good you can be just with a Chicago high school education and acting. Um, all right. One more. Um, I think I can get one more call in before we run out of time. Uh, who's our last caller? Excellent. Sean, welcome. Hi, Al. My first time. Re- excellent. Hi. Hi. Yeah. So, um, what good thing that you talked about voices before. You know, you could always try to do the um, to voice you did for the computer on the show Twenty Q, or you can do um, Edna K as true. you did on Treasure Mall years ago. That's true. Yes, I mean, my well, my voice was higher than just because I was younger on Treasure Mall, and then the computer right. voice was obviously modulated slightly. After the fact, yeah, right. so it's so harder I, to do live. That's why I used to, I used to <coughs> like you and you and Cat That was a great combination. I agree. Yeah, but I, but the the next one, the thing I was mentioning up, we're talking about um, Republicans before. Why is it these Republicans know everything they know about Trump? They still support him. They must be fighting with him or something because it makes no sense otherwise. Uh, I it's a it's a great question. I will say that on 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 paper and materially, a lot of them are headed for the exits and have been for the last year, especially it took them a while. Some of them on January 7th said they were against him and then they kind of slowly worked their way back like Kevin McCarthy um, because they recognized that the voter base hadn't hadn't moved on yet. But a bunch of these folks, as they're trying to like, you know, right now they're moving to DeSantis the the 
the dew is coming off the leaves in that particular area as well. So it, there's going to be somebody else that lines up that sees the weaknesses that DeSantis has nationally. Um, and But there still is a large group of people <coughs> who moved on from Trump. And some of them, you have to understand, they're not really supportive of Trump. They're more supportive of the voters that he that they think he still represents and they have to coax those people over and those people are sycophants and need uh, like you to be all in with trump or they don't trust you because it's very QAnon. and those are the dead enders yeah, of course anyways uh thanks so much everybody yeah thanks so much for the call appreciate it chicago thank you guys so much thanks joan for letting me fill in i'll see you guys tomorrow and i'm gonna fill in as well i also have a morning show on info infotainmentwars.com and on twitch.tv slash hellsparks um and on facebook and on twitter and everywhere um if you want to check it out at 9 a.m uh pacific time in the morning we go through the trends and then the afternoon my rep, afternoon show after this one i'm going straight over so see you guys tomorrow. There you go. I, I think I said it all. Okay, bye.